Justin Trudeau has lifted the emergency order invoked to end the trucker protests. Why? Yo, everybody was yelling at them, and I think they realized it was really, really bad. They were going to be losing a lot of support. They'd lost a lot of support. When you even had individuals coming on this show who are more, you know, mainstream personalities saying it's martial law, I think Trudeau realized maybe you made a big mistake. But it shows you how effective the Freedom Convoy protests are that it forced their hand. Pulled the mask off. Now the Canadian government is instructing banks to unfreeze the accounts. Why? Because people were rightfully freaking out at the prospect of the government seizing your assets effectively without a court order. So this is huge. At the same time, DC is confirming National Guard is being deployed. There's two different U.S. convoys, the People's Convoy and the Freedom Convoy, both departing from around L.A., I believe, plus a whole bunch of other weird little convoys everywhere. Mm -hmm. Protest is going to get lit. We got one that's going to be heading to uh, D.C. on the 1st for the State of the Union. National Guard will be deployed. Security fences are being set up. And then we've got another that's going to get into D.C. on the 5th. We'll see which one, you know, we'll see how big these get. The People's Convoy already raised nearly $400,000. So this should get very, very interesting. Then we got some news on Ukraine. Get this. Joe Biden reissues the sanctions that Donald Trump had signed into place. Why he removed them, I have no idea. I think they're trying to appease Putin. It's clearly not working. So now they're backtracking and that won't work either. So we're going to talk about all that stuff, plus much, much more. Joining us is uh, uh, we have uh, two documentarians, Jorge and Sagnik. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, my name is Jorge Ventura, field reporter, uh, field reporter for the Daily Caller. Mm, I'm Sagnik, and I'm a producer for the Daily Caller. And you guys have seen it all. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know if you were, were you on the ground, Sagnik, at the at the Kenosha stuff or no? I wasn't. No, but you were, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, we've seen it all, man. From the you know the riots in 2020 to you know the lockdowns on small businesses to the mental health aspect on teens. Then, you know, basically the start of 2021 was the border crisis. So mm-hmm. we started seeing the human smuggling, human trafficking. And it just seems like right now with, under this administration, the news just never stops. Yeah, it's crazy, right? <laughs> what, what are you guys working on now? So me and Sonic, actually, we just released um, last week. It's our new documentary. It's called Hero to Zero. And basically what me and Sonic wanted to do is we wanted to give a voice to all the first responders, especially in, in Southern California, that refuse to, to comply with the mandates and who have been fired or been placed on unpaid leave. The reason why me and Sonic wanted to produce this documentary was because we we took a look at the corporate press and we we saw how the corporate press, as you guys know, the frontline workers, like right, anyone who worked the grocery stores or nurses or firefighters, they held them as heroes mm-hmm. for the past two years, right? Uh, I'm from I'm from Los Angeles, so my mayor Eric Garcetti told us that every night at 6 p.m. we had to come out and bang pots and pans for these frontline workers. Now, fast forward to the mandates. Now those same frontline workers have been demonized by the media. They've been fired. LA Times put out an editorial saying we need to build back better by firing all the anti-vaxxer firefighters. So we felt um, that we wanted to give a voice back to the workers, and we didn't we didn't like how the corporate press was just treating regular first responders, American citizens, working class that were on the front lines for us while we were all quarantined. Um, so we want to give them a, a voice. That's why we actually named the, the documentary from Hero because they were held as heroes to now zero where these people are literally not getting paid. They cannot pay their mortgages, can't wow. put food on the table for taking their stance. And well, I'm very proud of that. I think that's that's pertinent, especially considering what's going on with the, the Freedom Convoys. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny you mentioned Garcetti saying bang pots and pans because when the when the when the truckers honk their horns it was the apocalypse mm-hmm. <laughs> but they want you to come out and bang pots and pans when it's their protest so we'll get into all that stuff thanks for hanging out we got Ian he's chilling as what well. up everybody hey Jorge glad you're here man so I, I from time to time bring this up because you guys did a lot of work oh, on yeah. the border and trejas which means 
deliveries, I believe yeah. it means. And this is this was around the wrist of a child. Yeah, the, the last time we were here, we were to show you guys those yeah. uh, bracelets. Those are the bracelets that hu- that uh, migrants are being are have basically forced to wear by these human smugglers down in South Texas. So we we just wanted to show the American people that these migrants are being used as essential just products for drug cartels, human smuggling groups. According to some reports that we got, um, human smugglers right now are making up to fourteen million dollars a day just off human smoke we're not even talking about the fentanyl that's coming into the country yet we but got yeah, and we got immigration stories as well mm-hmm. with what's going on i mean it's kind of crazy what's happening with ukraine a lot of people are upset because our own border isn't being isn't being protected but we'll get into all that stuff we got liddy pressing all the buttons. i am also here in the corner pushing buttons very excited to have jorge and sagnik back we always enjoy having them they always bring the on the ground reporting from wherever they go and we appreciate their presence Thank and you. we also uh for some reason there's a vagrant sitting in the back of the room oh yeah look at this guy look at this, this beanie wearing <laughs> can you see wow. him yeah, we can see it. Wild pink T-shirt wearing. It's Point Richie McGinnis. Beanie. Yeah, beanie, uh, beanie. Richie McGinnis. Yeah. Yes, he is. No one can. Oh, here he, he comes. Yeah. Bring oh, it. He oh, here he comes. Oh, there you go. No comment. I'm I'm a beer caddy, and uh, I have the right to m- remain silent. That's true. He does. <laughs> Richie McGinnis, <laughs> ladies. We're going to hey, Matthew, Ma- Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's trapped here, though, so we yeah, got him in the room. Yeah. But don't forget, go to TimCast.com, become a member. You can also support our work directly. We're going to have a special members-only segment coming up around 11 or so p.m. for all of our members. But as a member, you're keeping all of our journalists employed. We don't We don't rely heavily on sponsorship for the most part. We do, for the website, rely on people being members. And we have a lot of members. You guys make it all possible. We're eternally grateful for that. So don't forget, smash that like button. Like button. One like is one honk. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Let's talk about this first big story. This is crazy. From Al Jazeera. Trudeau lifts emergency order invoked to end trucker protests. Amid criticism, the Canadian PM insists Emergencies Act was needed to quell anti-government blockades and occupation. Speaking to reporters on Wednesday afternoon, Trudeau said the Emergencies Act was necessary to help law enforcement agencies disperse large numbers of protesters who had descended on Ottawa. We get it, but it's not true. It's absolutely not true. They could have had a very small group of police officers, very small, walk up to the peaceful truckers and say, we're placing you under arrest for, you know, obstructing a roadway. And that's it. We've seen them do this over and over again to climate change activists, to lefting protesters. I understand Canada is a different country than the U.S., but come on, policing is very similar here and there. Instead, they pulled out the boot and they put it on people's necks. My opinion is that they wanted to make these emergency powers permanent. We already heard the deputy prime minister in Canada say we want this, this, you know, financial powers to be permanent because of cryptocurrencies and, and, and crowdfunding. And now all of a sudden, oh, we're lifting the order. Why? I think the backlash was bad. They, they wanted to use the protest as an excuse to expand their powers. It didn't work. Well, I don't know what's going to happen next. Certainly, they did crush those protests. We got protests coming here into the U.S. They're trying to unfreeze bank accounts. But uh, I'll throw it to you guys. I mean, you, you've, you guys have been on the ground for a lot of protests. I don't know if you guys were following what was happening with the truckers up in Canada or, at, you know, similar protests. But I'm curious what your thoughts are based on what you've seen on the ground versus what's displayed in the news. I think for me, the biggest takeaway was this is one of the biggest uh, worker uprisings that we've ever seen in our history where you actually have true, you know, people in the middle class, working class actually uprising together. And it's not like a fringe left or fringe right. 
um, it's just a true working class coming together. Then you actually got to see the Canadian government, how they responded with just complete government overreach, using their security forces to beat up on protesters, to beat up on also members of the media. A lot of members of the Rebel News, which I'm, I'm really truly grateful for, for Rebel News because their journalists have been on the ground and just getting us these crucial videos um, of what's going on in Ottawa. And without them, I feel like we would be just kind of be, um, you know, dependent on the corporate media. And then I, the way actually I look at Rebel News is actually I look at um, our DC riot squad in 2020, where it's like you kind of have these few on the ground reporters getting these kind of viral videos and showing you the truth. Um, but I think one of the biggest takeaways from what's going on in Canada was that, you know, governments all over have been completely silent when it comes to violence on peaceful protesters and also members of the media. Um, I think one of the, the key takeaways that I've took away is that at least the president of El Salvador, Nayib Bukele, has come out and spoken out against this. And it's, 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 it's interesting to see because for me, as well as, you know, if these demonstrations were happening in, you know, in Yemen or Afghanistan or anything like that. The U.S. government will be quickly, you know, up in arms and telling us how we need to intervene. But since it's Canada, I mean, we've been com- completely silent didn't, on this issue. Didn't didn't uh, Canada issue a statement about Cuba recently? Like <laughs> during the protest? Did you see that? Yeah. Something like that yeah. where they're like, people should have their free speech. Like, shut up. Nobody believes you. You know what's really fascinating about this, though? The craziest thing is for me to see, you mentioned this in the intro, that Garcetti is like, bang your pots and pans for the first responders. And I'm like, you mean be a public nuisance and keep people up at night? No, no, no. I, I don't really care about the, the, the pots and pans. What, are, what, what do they call that? They call it the casseroles protest. Casseroles, yeah. 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 I don't mind that. I don't care. If people are banging pots and pans, I'll go and be like, woo, make some noise. But they complain about the truckers honking their horns. Now, I get it. I'll say it all the time. Different countries. But the same people in the U.S. who are supporting banging pots and pans and protesting with Black Lives Matter during a pandemic are condemning truckers. For going out and protesting. Speaking of like protests, uh, the trucker protest is like a perfect example of what a peaceful demonstration looks like. And the whole cause and effect is just to cause a disruption so that people in charge realize that the, like we are essential to what you do and how the country works. And if we stop working, there's a huge problem. So you as our ruler, are kind of responsible to take care of what our needs and demands is because like you are in charge of us. Well, and we vote you, we vote you guys in. I, I take my cues from uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's a great leader. She's a thought leader for our generation. And she says that protests are, are, are supposed to make you uncomfortable. Correct. Yeah. And I, I say, you're, you're so right. You're yes. so brilliant. I absolutely agree. And boy, no, no, but, but in, all seri- uncomfortable. Yeah. in all seriousness. So she, she, she is right. The problem is the protests she was defending were violent, mm-hmm. yeah. riotous. And the ones we're defending are like people parking their trucks in the street and honking. Oh, honking yeah. I wonder if they would have had a better protest if they weren't honking, if they had just blocked traffic and sat there and stopped working. Because like you want to make people uncomfortable, but it's the kind of discomfort where like, uh oh, if the truckers aren't there, we're going to suffer. Not the kind of discomfort where like it hurts because you're making so much noise. Stop. Because now most of those people in Ottawa wanted the truckers they were, gone. They're you, downtown, though. It's not yeah. like they're going into suburbs and like residential neighborhoods. It's worse downtown because you have buildings with just densely packed uh, citizens that are suffering, basically. Like it's not a residential workers, area, yeah. though. There, I've there, seen there video people, of people like in their high-rise no, sure. recording from above. There are people who live there. I'm not saying nobody lives there, but it's not like they're going into a strictly residential neighborhood. They're going into like a downtown, business yeah. downtown. I understand the intent to disrupt and blockade and to... And to I get that part, but it's the noise is was really destructive, probably well, unnecessarily well, destructive. So, so American guys, you truckers, keep that in mind. 
They're looking for a reason to bust you. Don't give them one. Oh, everyone's posting ones in chat. I, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Honking. Follow it up. Honking, I think, is brilliant. Me too. Uh, it's, 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 you're just honking your horn. You're making noise. These protesters go around with boom boxes. They go around screaming. They go around chanting. They bang drums nonstop. This is what protests have, have, have been doing for a really, really long time. To come out now and be like, oh, but the truckers shouldn't. I'm like, look, we tolerate a certain degree of, un, uh, of discomfort right. for, for nonviolent civil disobedience. And making noise can be annoying and frustrating, but it really does show you the, the, the complete BS that is the left-right paradigm. That when you are making noise in their city, oh, how dare you? Oh, I'm going to go and enact emergency powers and freeze your banks. Yet they they can go out and they can bang whatever they want, whatever they want for their cause. That when you're when you're engaging in your protest on the steps of your state capitol building, they say, oh, it's a super spreader event. These these evil far right guys, and then they go up by the thousands during the same pandemic, and the nurses are clapping and cheering for them. I love that photo. Where the nurse is standing in front of the truck that says, like, no mandates or whatever. And they're like, hmm, you know, hand, hands on their hips. And then at the same time, you get a video of nurses clapping for Black Lives Matter. I'm like, dude, I'm not playing this stupid, you get, you know, rules for thee, but not for me game. If 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 we tolerate banging from the left and pots and pans, I got no issue with people honking. I hands. wouldn't tolerate it. Outside my house, if people were making noise 24-7, I wouldn't tolerate it. I'd make it stop. And if the How? law wasn't... Well, there's lots of ways to do it. No, there isn't. Yeah. What One of them is call the cops. Right. And then noise ordinances and stuff. We have so, them for so a reason. You, so you support the, 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 the emergency powers to crack down. No. And I think they could, the fact that they could do that and do it again tomorrow if they wanted to spin them up again is terrifying. And we what, should repeal the Patriot up? Act. That they could use the, and the NDA. Oh, right, right. I don't know. I mean, for me, it's, it's hard to fault the truckers at all. I mean, the, the honking's not a big deal. I guess for me, from my perspective, is just from being on the ground and seeing the Black Lives Matter protests in person. You know, you had folks in, I mean, there was that famous aerial shot in DC where almost, it looked like every single building was on fire. Yep. You had people in DC in their high rises where they're filming videos, like actually cheer on the protest. And as soon as the protesters look at them, they'll like throw a rock th- through their windows. So for me, it's like, you know, the honking, I can't fault, um, especially what, what we've seen on the ground here in the United States. It's, and then the thing is the media that's demonizing the truckers, I mean, they're all in cities that were being wrecked by the Black Lives Matter protests in, in, in 2020. Yeah, so I may disagree with Ian about um, whether or not the trucker should have been honking, but I do think he has a salient point about the feds now keeping a very close eye mm-hmm. on the truckers. Jack Posobiec also made the point recently. He said, I don't think that a convey is the best way to get your point across. He said, I think that a general strike is a better way to do it. Yeah. And I think that's true because it is so decentralized, which is something we talk a lot about. I think something so decentralized mm. would really drive the point home. Look, look at this video oh. real quick. This is such a great video. Look at this oh video. My God, yeah. This oh, yeah. is a video from the Black Lives Matter insurrection in Washington, D.C. Look at the smoke everywhere. It's, 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 it's absolutely insane. I, I would never forget on. that image. I remember no, I, that, that image always, was, yeah, that always sticks out. My to me. sister, she owns a wine bar downtown D.C. And the day after this, she sent me photos of her glasses and she has like plants outside the bar and everything was shattered and stuff like that. Oh and even if like I was to like step myself out of the bubble and be like, hey, is this dangerous? Are our truckers blocking downtown and honking dangerous? I would rather, I don't know, I would choose the one where my sister's bar glasses got shattered. Mm. You, yeah. you, you, right, right, right. We're going to see this freedom convoy. There's two. There's the people, there's, right. there's actually several. There's more than two. People's convoy is going to be leaving. I think they left today. They left today from, um, Adelanto, California, yeah. which is in San Bernardino County. And, th- and they're planning on making it to DC by the 5th. Yeah. yeah. But there's also the freedom the small convoy. Small ones, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And they're going to be there on the 1st. So Correct. I guess they're yeah. driving a lot mm-hmm. more. So basically starting March, there's going to be like a lot of 
truckers, a lot of people basically all over the DMV area. Yeah, I'm making excited. Making the same point in we Canada. Live, we live here. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, we're, 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 we're super close to Frederick, which is like the last. No, and it's not just Hagerstown. that. Now DC is, again, back to the green zone, which it was after <laughs> Gen 6, which yeah. is kind of makes me really sad because I've been li- living in DC for like three years now. And the city was all fine and dandy before, I don't know, like COVID. And after COVID happened and Gen 6 happened, the city turned into a green zone. And it was all yep. sad and gloomy. And downtown, you can like hear like a needle drop. Yeah. And it was kind of getting better and starting, I don't know, like yesterday, it's again like getting locked up. And yeah, that, it yeah. feels like a symbolic protest. This, this going to DC and setting up in the Capitol. Like it's, it's more, it's not a functional protest. It doesn't actually do anything. You're, you're, you're wrong. It just, wrong, it's wrong, like, wrong. look how, look at how big I am. It am I big? I'm bigger than though. you. It's, I control the world now. Well, and well, the right. feds are going to be like, no, let's, you let's, don't, let's, bro. Let's, let's, and let's, I'm going to show you how you don't. Let's address this. <laughs> And first, I want to give us, we got a story here breaking down a little bit what we got. USA Today reports truck convoy nearing nation's capital. Pentagon OK's use of National Guard vaccination drive stalls as Omicron fades. COVID updates. As many as 700 National Guard are prepared to take posts across the nation's capital amid planned trucker protest convoys that organizers say could paralyze the city without entering it. Bob Bolas, a, a Pennsylvania truck driver, says he's leading the freedom convoy of trucks from Pennsylvania to Washington on Wednesday. But he told NBC4 in Washington that he has backed off immediate plans to gridlock the Capitol. We're not shutting the traffic down today. If we don't have a resolution from the, uh, from the government to the rights that they're taking from us, I will predict in the future it will get shut down. So you've got this, there's this Pennsylvania convoy coming from the north. You've got the People's Convoy coming from California. I think Freedom Convoy is also California, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And there's also one coming from Maryland. And the guy, he's running for governor Maryland. in Maryland. He's also there. But like there's some like iffiness because like it's just one truck and his right. tires got slashed and it's like oh, so no. many things wow. happen at one time interesting so i think these protests are incredibly effective nay ian i believe <laughs> they may be the most effective we've seen in our lifetimes because i've i've seen many and perhaps you could argue the george floyd riots huh. got a lot done for black lives matter yeah but those are riots not protests and we know the establishment has been defending mm. and supporting these violent extremists in terms of a protest, you look at what happened in Ottawa. Boy, did that generate press. Mm-hmm. It made the issue of border vaccines the number one story, which is it's, it's important. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, which is why nonviolent civil disobedience works. When you go out and you stage a disruptive protest, you'll get a slap on the wrist. You'll get arrested. And I think you should because you're crossing a line. But it's a line we say, OK, OK, we get it. You wanted people to hear you. All of a sudden, the news says, hey, that disruption, it was because of this. So if you look at the Ottawa protests, how many people were talking about vaccine mandates on the border? Not a whole lot. Mm -hmm. The truckers get in their trucks. They drive to Ottawa. And all of a sudden, for three or four weeks, one of the one of the biggest stories internationally Mm -hmm. was this. Trudeau was forced to to I don't think he was necessarily forced to. I don't think they needed to use emergency powers. But the mask slips. Now we can see you got you got regular people saying this is fascism, this is martial law. It has exposed the despotism of these of this establishment. One grain of sand at a time. I'm not going to pretend like there's a revolution overnight from truckers honking their horns, but people can see the double standard. They can see the 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 BS hierarchy we we call it now, not hypocrisy. That the left gets away with this stuff and the right gets punished for it. And you can see the lengths they're willing to go to Correct. maintain power. That's the main thing. Because, like, no one would have ever expected that Trudeau would just invoke a terrorism clause mm. just like that mm. just to get a hold of how people are supporting these truckers. 
Like, just think about that for a fact. Like, to think about the fact that this, the the thing which they did in terms of like freezing the bank accounts and even to reach as far as the crypto stuff, like the fact that Trudeau went that far, I think that just credits the truckers that without them putting this up front and center, no one would have guessed that the prime minister could go mm. as far as to getting a hold of your personal bank account. I, I think I, that they would invoke terrorism stuff because of the viol- because of the noise and and roll ones all you want, guys. But noise can be violent. You can kill someone with too much noise. But terrorism, can, though, that that has terrorism by definition has like a political motive to it. Well, right? I think that they were trying to scare people, or this is the mentality of what they're going to say. They're trying to scare people to get their politics accomplished. I, they're trying I, to frighten I, them into I submission. Just, Ian, come on, man. They're this this, I know, but this is my, I'm wargaming the scenario right now. A fascist dictatorship will use this argument and say, your honking is violent. You are aggressing on the people and, and we're going to invoke whatever we need uh, to stop. And it. that is exactly why it was an effective protest. Cause any yeah. sane, rational person is hearing that going, what? Yeah. Just <laughs> what are we it's, talking about? But when you're there, yeah, I thought it was just honking until I watched a video of a guy that lives there and it's like, okay, it's not just honking. Like it's, it's a nonstop all day. I loud mean, it, it's going to be, you know, not comfortable, but I agree with Sonic's take where I think what happened in Ottawa actually exposed the Canadian government because I think we've all, you know, all of us were like, hey, they, they wouldn't go that far. Then we saw the freezing of the bank accounts. Then we saw the videos of these police officers rolling up to these truckers and just mm-hmm. busting out their windows. Then we saw the viral footage of that disabled woman trampled by the horse. So I think that actually did, was actually really effective in exposing the Canadian government because we never knew that they could be that authoritarian. I mean, my, up to my knowledge. My concern is if you want to expose the American government and its fascist ways, Okay, but if you hold a piece of meat out in front of a hungry wolf and it bites your hand, yeah, you exposed it for being the dumb idiot animal that it was. But at what was the cost of the exposition? I don't, I don't need to sacrifice a bunch of truckers to prove that what do you mean, the fascist truckers? dictatorship has taken over what? our government a hundred years ago. What do you mean by sacrifice? Though? I don't want to see people go to solitary to try and just to prove that Biden's in the hand of Klaus Schwab or some, you know, like the Federal Reserve. It, it's so fascist. This whole system. We're we're we don't need to, to hurt I'd ourselves say, to prove this right now. We need to fix it. Fascistic, I think, is is the better word. You know, you know what I don't like about people saying communism and fascism is that they're they're they represent Extremes. no, they represent a hundred years ago mm. when we had this this rising ideologies in Europe. They were specific. Now we've got a lot of technology that has changed how it's being implemented. And when you know Trudeau and Biden and they use these authoritarian powers, it's like fas commu fascism. It's it's weird. So there's a meme where they fold the political compass, authoritarian right, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, and I mean, left over. It's like whatever China is doing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, no, exactly. It's like a weird new thing. But I, I will respond to you, Ian, by saying we don't want violence. Violence doesn't work because the establishment preys upon it. Right. When when you look at January 6th, it was everything the Democrats mm, and, 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 and the neocon never Trumpers wanted because now they could justify everything. And we've got a system of laws that say, oh, you got violent. We got you now. The truckers. It was amazing. They were annoying. They were annoying. That was it. People were annoyed by them. The people, the, a lot of people weren't annoyed by it. They were just like dancing in the street. Yeah, they were having good. a good yeah. time. Well, what happens though is the powerful elites don't know how to deal with it because you're not doing anything. It's like going outside of someone's house and just protest yelling. It's like you're allowed to do it. Well, but the noise violations. So you got to be careful. Like I do support a bunch of quite si- a silent protest, which a bunch of trucks just stopped in the roads for miles That's would be. But epic. you also have to think about the protesters. Like these truckers have been through so much, have been through all these crazy mandates, and now they're seeing that anytime they cross, you know, into Canada, they're 
technically this like electronic QR code, you know, for them enough is enough. And I don't think honking is the worst thing in it's the world that they could do. not just that. Like as journalists, we focus on narrative imagery binaries. Like think about the imagery of the State of the Union going on and God bless Biden's speechwriters because I don't know what he's going to talk about during that time. Uh, but State of the Union going on and at the same time, all these truckers outside the Capitol just blocking everything. So that's like a... Optic. That's, and you're a, that's, hear a good, that's an optic. That's yeah. a binary in optic. front of you right there. Whatever like Biden cooks up at that speech, I don't know what he will, but there are people who are just literally saying, stop this stuff. We need to go back to what it was. Can, can you can you imagine if like for the State of the Union, Joe Biden just comes out 100% honest and he's like, yeah, in my first dog. year, I my policies have driven massive inflation, <laughs> high gas prices. We're we, we have a new war <laughs> forming in Eastern crazy. Europe. That's Afghanistan crazy. was a mess. They chose me to be here in the first place. So. We got a fent- <laughs> fentanyl crisis killing Americans. Yeah. Ukraine right, right, right there. So like, dude, but, I would love him if he did that. Oh, I, 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 I would, I agree. If he came out and actually was just like totally honest with everything, I'd respect it. Yeah. I'd be like, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I think, I think that would actually, in, in, in some respect, make him one of the best presidents we've ever had for just coming out and laying bare everything he did wrong. I might be getting too old for this job too. I need you guys to know that I'm not who I used to be. It's hard for me to talk. I'm there with you, Joe. I want to go to bed. Yeah. Why am I here? So I, I will respond. I will respond to your point, though, Ian. Those who make peace, uh, peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable. Mm. Kennedy they said do. that, and you fact checked that for Smart me the other guy, day. Yeah. And Gandhi, well, yeah, and yeah. I mean, to be so, honest, yeah, the Gandhi protest. Yeah, but even even Black Lives Matter, like if they like, like for example, this is an example. Let's just let's just say they brought a hundred thousand people. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this: for the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. To, you know, the, the, the capital, nonviolent protests, peaceful demonstration they actually would have got a lot more done yeah. i mean fast forward to this year black lives matter i mean to to be honest they really haven't got much done the only people that have really benefited are the founders like patrice colors who are, who are now richer than ever got oh. deals with levi got deals with youtube got you know buying mansions in malibu um but everyone else hasn't got anything from it i mean there's literally local groups all over the country if you guys look it up that are very angry with black lives matter yeah. because they didn't do anything to actually fund their movement we even have um um, some people that, um, some mothers and fathers speaking out who's had their, you know, son or daughter killed by police who said, Hey, Black Lives Matter came and all they did was just grift. Like literally they got <laughs> rich and we didn't even see a dollar back into the community. So even Black Lives Matter with their violent protests, even though the media was on their side, they technically didn't get anything accomplished. Yeah. And, and you got to understand we're dealing with this like overarching culture war. Black Lives Matter had for a long time corporate support 
institutionalized support, the vice president mm-hmm. supporting, while they're burning down buildings and quite literally killing people. Aaron Danielson killed in Portland by an Antifa guy. You had the Antifa guy firebomb the ICE facility. You had 30 plus dead in the in the George Floyd riots, and they still receive institutional support. And then along come some truckers and they honk their horns and everybody loses their minds. And so I'm like, yo, I can tolerate honking. And yeah. I think the fact it, it really is to me just so perfect to show regular people when they're like, oh, uh, yeah, my, my business was destroyed last, uh, you know, uh, not last year, but the year before from the George Floyd riots. Why are you complaining to me and using emergency powers over some guy honking his horn? It's a slap in the face to the average person whose lives were destroyed that you're going to have someone come out and they're going to be like, noise is violence. So we're going to crush you and freeze your banks. They do that. The mask comes off and you're going to have a lot of regular people. Although I will admit, I don't know how many people are uninitiated at this point, but there's gonna be a lot of people questioning what what's going on. Correct. Like in a bubble, like in the news bubble, in the politics bubble, it may seem like pretty mundane to us that people, oh, I hate the mandate. Oh, I hate the vaccine. I hate masks. But if you think about it, a normal people seem like throw on the word normie, like who doesn't care about all this. And he just comes across like the DMV and all these truckers are clogging up and he starts asking the question, hey, what's up? What's going on? Why are these people here? And that kind of like sparks the discourse within that community. And then they realize that, oh, hey, maybe the shelves are empty. Why are the shelves empty? Because the truckers are not bringing stuff across. Why are the truckers not doing that? Because they hate the mandates. Hey, what's up with the mandates? Mm. But let, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let, me, let me make one more point for you, Ian. When everybody goes out and smashes and destroys things for the, the black, for the George Floyd riots, people on the right, people who are not even on the right, who had their businesses destroyed, they're, they're furious. And all of a sudden now they are gifted an emotional release that has no long-term damage. Correct. They honk their horn and they feel better. They get to express themselves and it kind of, it can help things depressurize. Because if you tell these people they're not even allowed to be noisy while the other, other rioters destroyed everything, then you're going to make violent revolution inevitable when people lose their minds. I, I, I could see how what you're, you guys are saying, like maybe that getting the wolf to snap at your hand and, and grab at the food is important to show people like, hey, it's not a puppy dog. It's a wolf. And wake people up that way. Like the, the 1970 May 4th Kent State shooting, Vietnam protest, a bunch of students were out there and the ne- they were throwing rocks at the National Guard. National Guard opened fire and killed four people. Um, and that shocked the country into awareness, basically brought about the end of Vietnam War. More or less. You know, the song that was written about it was powerful too, Ohio, uh, by Crosby Stills, Nash and Young. So maybe, but I don't want to see a bunch of people's lives get destroyed by some stupid no, well, but, Patriot but, but, Act. The, the, you're right. You're right. And I think it's their choice to make. And I also just want to say, man, you know, I mentioned other people get that emotional release from it, but I got to admit, me having watched years, a decade of rioting and the right never comes out in protests. And then finally, when they do for issues of freedom, they get demonized. It feels good for me when I when I watch truckers is going honk, honk. When I, I'm tweeting the word honk in all caps, <laughs> the, 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 the people are saying the cure for triggered. clown world is honking. Well, it's just like it, it feels good to be able to have something. It feels good. No, we don't want to get violent. I don't I think violence is bad. Yep. I don't want to see people get hurt. But man, is it frustrating to see the extremists on the left do all of this stuff and get away with it and have the media lie and cover up for them. And then you know what gets that? You know what happens? I watch some truckers piss up, piss all of these people off by honking. No long term damage to these people. No one's getting hurt. They're just getting frustrated and angry. And it feels good at the very least. Like, thank you. We, 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 we've expressed our outrage to you. That frustration we've had 
it, it allows people to laugh about it. And the, I think it's important. Yeah, one of the best parts too, uh, I think with the Tucker, I mean with with this whole trucker protest is that it actually exposes those who on the left who say that they're supposed to be pro worker. You know, remember, let's not forget the left and the progressive movement. They're yep. supposed to be the side on the worker, the middle class. And actually, I was I was telling some 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 people that hey, when Mean Sonic produces Hero to Zero documentary, if you would have watched this in the early two thousands or the early nineties. You would have thought liberals produced it, right? Because we're, we were taking the side of the worker going against big pharma, going against big corporations. So th- what, what's happening with the truckers and the optics of the truckers, it's also exposing those in the left and the media who say that they are pro-worker or they're on the side of the little man. Well, now the little man's protesting and they're still being uh, demonized. So I think that's actually kind of the best things to look for. And also – We've never really seen the trucker movement ever uh, uprise like that, right? So, like, the Black Lives Matter, that's more young people. You know, maybe these anti-vaccine mandate stuff earlier were like, hey, these people are fringe right. But these truckers are just regular folks. I mean, t- you know, really, you know, my dad's a trucker. You know, so it's, it's a guy that literally goes into his truck, works 16 hours a day, doesn't see his family for two to three months. I mean, these people are the true working class. Well, so, so let, let's talk about your uh, your documentary You've got, uh, like the truckers, you had these people who were considered essential. Mm-hmm. They were heroes. It was, it was not just medical workers. It was truckers. It was first responders. Firemen. It was firemen. Yeah. But it was also people working at retail stores. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Then these mandates come out. They fire the nurses. They, they mock the truckers. And like you guys covered, they, they fire the first responders. It's not just like the firing of it. It's more about the dichotomy of like two years ago. You, and I don't know, maybe rightly so, you held up the hey these are our heroes and also which i was surprised to while talking to a bunch of the nurses they were like actually personally i never liked being called hero Mm -hmm. and stuff like that because like that like that's what i do for a living like the fact that they're acknowledging it right now kind of makes me makes me really suspicious that by labeling us hero right now they already are starting off with a political motive so that's one thing which I noticed. And the second thing was like, yeah, that was like two years ago. And now the same people who just said that, hey, it's my personal choice. I don't want to. I don't want the vaccine right now. They were really cut off point blank. And not only that, there are like so many real little minutias here. And the nurses, they had to wear different badges in their hospitals, like a pink badge or like a yellow badge to let people know that, hey, I'm not vaccinated, Whoa. which kind of invokes, uh, like, it's, it's super subtle. Like if you think about it, like they're wearing a pink badge while everyone else is wearing their gen, like the, the default badge. Cause like someone might come up to you and ask you, hey, why are you wearing a pink badge? Then you, by nature of the conversation, are kind of forced to let people know that I'm not vaccinated, which kind of like infringes on your personal boundary. So all there are so many little things which no one talks about. But two years ago, these are for the same people, Yo, firefighters, stuff, cops, yeah, and, grocery and shop the, workers. The, the thing that me and Sonic talked about was, you know, we were surprised. We're like, hey, where's these, you know, progressive journalists? They're supposed to be doing this. The Daily Caller isn't supposed to be taking the pro-worker side, technically. It's supposed to be the progressive movement. And one of the firefighters that, that we interviewed that stands out to me is, is Josh Sadley. Josh Sadley is a, a firefighter for the Beverly Hills Fire Department. Since October 1st, Josh Sadley has been placed on unpaid leave till today hasn't received a, che- a paycheck. He has a family of four. We meet me and Sonic got to meet his wife and the kids. And he hasn't uh, received a paycheck. Um, the city has him in limbo. As of right now, he's on pace to be the first firefighter fired in Southern California for not taking the vaccine. And these are the stories 
that we wanted to tell the American people, say, hey, these are real people. You know, I know you guys watch the L.A. Times and things like that, and they've been demonized as these Q and honors or anti-vaxxers. These are, are, you know, real Americans. And at the, at the same time, the L.A. Times was, was praising these same people just a year or two years ago. So we wanted to give them a voice, and it kind of ties down to, you know, it ties to this trucker movement where the regular, uh, you know, average or working class citizen has been demonized from the media i mean since basically the beginning of the pandemic obviously you guys know 2020 the greatest transfer of wealth the poor got poor the richer got richer and it just seems like the working class doesn't have any voice and and really in any any media space right now you i mean you turn on msnbc they were demonizing cheering i mean for me i think the the part that was most i guess shocking was just seeing uh, these progressives, what they call themselves, or people on the left, cheering on the firing of workers. I mean, they're the, first of all, if a firefighter gets placed on unpaid leave, the progressive movement's supposed to be the first ones to say, hey, wait a minute, why is this worker being placed on unpaid leave with no type of, you know, core or, or date? Um, so it's, for me, that's been the most shocking part, how, how no one wants to give first responders a voice. And I highly encourage anyone in the audience, please watch the documentary. It's called Hero to Zero. We have our own website for it, so it's hero to zero doc dot com like that we could avoid any time of YouTube censor and please share these stories because like this we can at least combat uh that mainstream narrative. I was thinking about how it's challenging for blue collar workers to have a voice. It seems like in society and it's almost like it's built that way because if a blue collar worker starts a YouTube channel and starts getting notoriety, all of a sudden they're white collar. They're now they're making money off their YouTube channel and they don't need to do their other job anymore. And so like it and, seems like the nature of of giving a voice to anyone makes them white collar. Well, the, the, th- the thing is, too, Ian, is 90% of the media is owned by s- these six large corporations. So anytime you w- even want to start to tell real stories about Americans, I mean, those, you know, those journals get cut off really quick. You know, they say, hey, wait, wait a minute. We don't want you telling that story. We want you to fall right back in line and, and, and do this. And the thing is, the problem with uh, media in D.C. and New York is these folks are stuck in their own media bubbles. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of these journalists in, in, that live in Washington, D.C., they don't know anyone who lost a business during the shutdowns. They don't know anyone's kids who fell under the depression or suicidal underscore shut, shutdown. So they can never relate to an average American. I think that's been my biggest takeaway. Yeah, I can from, attest to that personally. I live in D.C. I'm in the quote-unquote journalism bubble. politics. Like I usually like hang around in like the Capitol Hill area, downtown area, but I live in D.C. But if and only when I travel for work or for documentary purposes and I go to all these places where all these working class people live – it's also like so apparent to me that these people like the it's so bizarre to me. It looks completely different. Take a look at this story from 2018. It's from GeekWire. Clash at Amazon HQ. Construction workers shout down council members over plan to tax big business. I love this because these construction workers are the actual working class. Mm-hmm, correct. They have they're, they're laborers. They do work. They build. They maintain the infrastructure. These are the people who make the machine you know run on time. And the people protesting Amazon are <laughs> leftist, bourgeois, intelligentsia, acting like they're the working class. And this is what I think you guys, what you're working on, it really exposes this, this documentary. When they, when they come out, they say, oh, we support the first responders. It's just hunger games. It's hunger games. It's when, That's it's right. when they parade around the victors and act like they care about these people. They don't. And then finally, when those people tell them, I don't want to do what you're telling me, all of a sudden it's right. war. All of a sudden you're the problem. I love this video. Construction workers in hard hat started chanting down the leftist college, you know, faux working class people. Really exposing Well, one thing too, Tim, really quick is uh, during 2020, one thing that I try to speak out is in 2020, Amazon, I mean, for, for Amazon, this was brilliant. 
you know, Amazon, all they have to do in 2020 is just, you know, if you go shop on Amazon on their, on their website, all they have to put is, oh, Black Lives Matter. And all of a sudden, the progressive movement who's supposed to be pro-worker are like, wait a minute, Amazon's are on our side. You just, you know, they say Black Lives Matter, yet their own black employees can't even pay their, their, their wage or their bills. You know, they have to right. live in their cars. Their own black employees don't have any health care. Um, so that's one thing also these corporations have figured out is, hey, as long as we play this social justice message, we no longer have to attend to the, to the pro-worker policies that the left wants. Those are called platitudes, I believe. <laughs> when yes, corporations offer platitudes. I think it's, I think the activists left are basically some of this, uh, uh, this country's elite. They really are. I know there's a lot of college debt. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of these people are uh, the highest salary earners in the country. Correct. The co- college, uh, college people with college degrees have the, have on average the highest salaries. They're just angry. They're not billionaires. But I, you know, when I think about like around here, this organization, obviously, what you do is the most important aspect here. But it's Ben Townsend, the most blue collar. He's the guy that fixes machines, can can code your computer for you, can like fix your computer. Like that's elite. Keeps things running. Yeah. The people who are working behind the scenes to make sure the infrastructure is operational, those are the working class people, not the intelligent. Like if I were to come out and be like, I, I think it's it's unfair what these people are doing. I should get more. I, the government should give me subsidies and abolish my debt. It'd be like, what? That's ridiculous. It's the thing which like the country has moved towards a point where people who work in the quote unquote information economy, only they will be catered to. Like if you work with your hands and stuff like that, you are not part of the conversation. Like being like the whole trucker protest will never be as cool as Black Lives Matter is. Like people will not put Black Lives Matter. People will not put, sorry, uh, the trucker symbol as their profile photos as they put Black Lives Matter. There, there's not going to be a Freedom Trucker Plaza in D.C. Correct. They're not going to spray Freedom Convoy on the ground. Maybe in 80 years, but. Could you imagine? I just want you to, I just want you to imagine something real quick. I want you to imagine being a BuzzFeed employee getting paid <laughs> 50 or $60,000 a year to write listicles and then go, hmm, I'm oppressed. Yeah, my, my my it's unfair. I deserve more. Meanwhile, I just you know you know what's funny is because for me you know where I grew up, the way I've lived my life, the people I met, I was never surrounded by these ivory tower elites of New York City, and that's the thing about journalists that these these people tend to be, especially in New York, well off from families who are moderately well off. They get access to colleges. Colleges. They, they many of them have debt for sure. But the reason, so, so here's what happens with these, with these, uh, media jobs. In order to get a job in New York, working in media, cause they pay so little to start. Correct. You need your parents, for the most part, to subsidize you. Exactly. And so what happens is all of these news organizations are basically trust fund kids or something to that effect. And then they're sitting there, look, I, I gotta tell you, man, there are people who work at BuzzFeed who get paid 50, 60 grand a year. 50, imagine getting paid 30 to $40 an hour to write about a, a list of 10 cats that have funny faces. <laughs> and then to say, I'm oppressed. Yo, I got some dirt that needs tilling so we can eat food tomorrow. Why don't you come and shovel it and learn what work is? No, and then, um, if you remember last year, you know, me and, you know, all these other reporters that were on the front lines, we got attacked by the intercept. And the big, the big, my biggest takeaway was like, wait a minute. So we're getting attacked by a journalist who just sits in his Manhattan apartment, who has been given a job <laughs> because his parents were in Ivy League, to reporters who are on the ground actually uh, talking about the destruction to working class communities. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's actually media right there. That's that, you know, it's just, a, it's just a great roundup how 
it's these uh you know elite journalists who really never had to work hard mom and dad knows everyone in the in the industry and then they get in and they make like you said 50 to 60k 70k just sitting in a manhattan apartment and the thing is they're not even on the ground reporting they're just reporting from their laptop yeah that's why they love the lockdowns because they can have wine 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 delivery uber eats and then i love it when they're like help help i'm being harassed on social media <laughs> it's like oh too bad yeah man it's it's we we've got it's it's crazy what the internet has done, and we didn't expect this, but this is one of the things it's done. It's all of these journalists create these online groups, and they all talk to each mm-hmm. other, and they, they're, they're the epitome of ego. That's what it is. They all think they're the most important people in the world. It's their job to tell people what to think and what to believe. They think they are the most important people in the world, and they, they look down on, on, on the trades. They look down on working class people. They look down on the people who actually do the jobs to make this machine work. They think it's them. Uh, like even if they like like i don't know like to play the devil's advocate like i would think like they would probably think differently if they like you know traveled or like went outside dc new york california and actually met people they're probably good people but they just haven't met anyone else who doesn't partake in the information economy or the creator economy i I somewhat disagree i mean i understand what you mean by they're good people i think they could be good people yeah but i do want to differentiate there are journalists real ones who travel around go on the ground interview people, you know, obviously we have journalists at TimCast.com. They're not this. I mean, a lot of them, they're, you know, we're living out in West Virginia, so we understand what work looks like. And there's a lot of journalists who actually go to these foreign countries, go to Brazil, go to Morocco or whatever, talk to people and, and see what the world is like, and they get it. But we have this issue now where the money is to be made in flashy clickbait listicles mm-hmm. and 10 reasons to hate Donald Trump and why Donald Trump is a fascist. And that's the kind of media they produce. So they sit in New York, like you guys mentioned. They're in their apartment. They don't even go to work half the time. And they just type away, here's why I think Trump's stupid. And they get paid to do it. They call themselves journalists when half the time it's opinion. Yeah, yeah. I like Activist that um, opinion. Eleanor Roosevelt quote, I think, that great minds talk about ideas, mediocre minds talk about things, and weak minds talk about people. Mm-hmm. I find that I've kind of engraved that into my soul. I get almost guilty talking about people like what a waste of time. Why are we wasting our time with this low, this low quality conversation? But I also, I took it so extreme that I stopped completely uh, talking about people. And that's a mistake because we need to gossip about each other's egos if we're going to manage society, it's a bunch of egos yep. together. Keep each other in check. But it is not the focus. And when I see CNN making it the focus, that's when I'm like, no, 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 no. I, that's why I don't even watch it. And so and sometimes why I come off ignorant on this show when we talk about what they said. I don't care what – I mean, I I, I want to under, I want to know what they said, but it is not it's, – it's really dumb people talking about dumb stuff. I'll, I'll give you an example of what I really don't like. And it's just me personally. I, I, you know, if, if you like it, by all means, you – but you, you look at some of these YouTube channels, main, a lot of progressives, even some conservative, and it's like just ragging on someone. Like people making videos mm. specifically about, you know, this one guy I don't like and naming him. Within reason, it's fine. If you're talking about Joe Biden, the president or Congress, you're talking about our system of governance and the individuals who have that power. That I understand. But when it's like gossip, you know what I mean? Like you're, like you're talking about, I'm not a fan of that stuff. And I'll give you an example. The other day we're talking about, you know, texts I get from Congress. I'm not going to say their names. It's not them I care about as a person. It's it's the it's the idea of what they're doing. It's the actions they're taking that I have an issue with. Because the way I see it is with even with Joe Biden. You take Joe Biden out of the presidency, any Democrat can replace him and do the exact same thing. And that's a bad thing. So we we sit here if we if we put all our attention on just Joe Biden why he's bad and then we we you know he leaves and then Buttigieg gets in, it'll be the exact same, same thing. thing. Yep. No, I completely agree. And then, I mean, just talking about the, uh, 
the kind of clickbaity stuff. A lot of the kind of left wing channels really focus on uh, you know Hassan and Sam Cedar. You go on the channel, it's all about oh Tim Pool said this, Tim Pool said that. So one of the few people on the left that I actually respect, and I think that he's his what he's doing has been crucial for the kind of movement on waking up people is actually Jimmy Dore. I thought you know of I'm thinking course. Jimmy Dore is actually even though he you know you know he he calls himself a you know democratic socialist or socialist, he's been on the right side of the issues when it comes to free speech when it comes to this vaccine these anti um vaccine mandate stuff he's he's telling his his viewers that said hey guys if you're a true uh populist on the left then you would never agree with any of this stuff like it's supposed to be pro-worker to not take the side of the corporations so he's actually one of the few on that side that's 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 on the right side of this um I he's believe. honest yeah he's not honest. just he's that honest. these progressive creators uh, realize the pattern right so they know uh what kind of content if when I, if and when I make gets incentivized by YouTube or Twitch, whatever platform they're working with, right? So they know for a fact that if they quote unquote punch up, right? You know, punch up at Temple, punch up at, uh, Joe Rogan, for example, they know that there's no way that YouTube's like not, not gonna like push that right. content up, right? So they're kind of that, that, that whole system kind of, it's like a feedback loop. Oh, it wow. keeps feeding itself. The names become part of the algorithm. Correct. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. There was a really fascinating thing I was reading. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if, who was saying it. Maybe it was you. They said that uh, they're watching a video where a kid said they were playing like Fortnite and the kid said, whoa, he almost just unalived me. And the reason the kid said unalived, unalived, oh, so is because if you say kill, YouTube downranks you and, and hides your content. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So kids are changing the That's way they speak. brainwashing humanity, man. That's dangerous. Yes, it is. Teaching man. kids to be counterdependent on ideas is so, so bad. You need to focus on the idea and then focus on a different idea that's better than that old one, not on hating the old one. I think actually this would be a really good idea. We should we should task someone with writing shadow English, <laughs> a way to speak on YouTube that bypasses the algorithm. That's like the plot of 1984, <laughs> <laughs> or part of it. The There's like a second dictionary dictionary to get monetized. Yeah, you right. You can't say any any of the dodgy words and all the words. <laughs> that might have been a bad idea. <laughs> that's a good idea. Like that that no none of the funny words exist on that dictionary, and then you are saying for your whole life that your videos will make money. What if you're like, this is the new alphabet written by alphabet and <laughs> no, they but give no, you a new alphabet. Brought to you by Google. A, B, and C are no longer <laughs> yeah. letters. These Language. are the new letters. But the thing is, I've, I've, I've been seeing a lot of political YouTubers like, let's say, you know, they're, they're talking about something controversial. They always have to say at the end of the controversial take, hey guys, just want to let you know the CDC says this and, you know, we're going to go by this. I mean, they only have to say that to not get banned, but that's where we are right now in society. I mean, YouTube has editorial guidelines you have to follow. Mm-hmm. I don't see how they should be protected under Section 230 if they issue editorial guidelines. They, they, if, if you issue editorial guidelines, then you are certifying what is being published. I have a friend uh, who runs a bodybuilding channel, and he was trying to talk about Arnold, and he said, Arnold Schwarzer N-word. <laughs> no. no, for real. For yeah. real. You can't wow. say his name. No, he can't. Keemstar had this, yeah. had this issue happened. Where he said the word, and I'm going to be very careful how I say it. <laughs> right, right, right. E dash yeah. girl. When you say that fast, it sounds oh, like yeah. a type of N word. And he got demonetized. And he posts and he's like, look at what, cause the, the YouTube caption system had him saying a yeah, specific. Oh. Cause this auto generates captions. Yeah, yeah. So you don't know. When, because it's, sa- I don't, uh, he said, hold on, hold on. She said, She's an E dash 
girl. Yes. Now I get it. And oh, when you put that yeah. all together very quickly, <laughs> the YouTube, uh, you know, captioning system thought that was a <laughs> racial slur. So the caption, is that the official transcript of what the AI is getting? Not, is, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if there's a direct a correlation between the AI that's like, I don't, I don't know if the AI that captions the word is the same that flags the slurs. What is, what is it going on? What Rich, camera on Richie Rich, McGinnis, Rich. ladies and gentlemen, gesticulating wildly. He's trying to be a good caddy. He's trying to be a very good caddy. But, but, getting yeah. a beer for somebody? <laughs> I think I, I th- if if one recognizes the word, the other, whether it's a say, whether there's a different one or not, that's yeah, I would it. imagine it would flag it to right. the other program if there's well, if there is another program, it might, be, mm-hmm. it might be the same one. Yeah, another big thing too was um, on January 6th, you had kind of some you know left wing uh, media groups like uh, Status Quo. Where mm-hmm. all they did was actually just live stream what happened on J6. Like, literally no commentary, no opinion, like, literally just video. And YouTube would demonetize their account, but then Status Quo would then sell that same footage to, like, CNN and MSNBC, Fox News, and then YouTube would prop up those accounts. So that's, that's another thing, too, where it's like, they're also, um, aiming at independent news channels. Whether you're left or right, they're coming after you. And that's, that, that was, like, one thing that I, I was uh, pretty shocked by, where, like, Status Quo, the same footage that they're getting, you know, banned and getting strikes on YouTube, they sell it to CNN and then YouTube props up, you know, CNN's channel. Yep. The so same content. They won't no, ban yeah. it on C- CNN's and version. It's like, Scoop. All they did was, they I mean, all them. they did was live stream. I mean, I'm talking about no commentary, no this and that, just straight video footage. And, you know, they obviously put it on YouTube because it's a moment in history. And then they sold it to ABC News, CNN, MSNBC, and they came out and said, hey, guys, we're getting banned and demonetized for the same footage that we sold to the mainstream guys. But the mainstream guys actually get propped up by YouTube. I'd like to know in like a conversation with YouTube admins or Google admins, is it that you believe CNN is is more valuable and more legitimate? Or do you are you just kind of like, you know, they're trash anyway, but you're just playing along because that's where the money is? Well, Ian, what was it you said yesterday that everyone said you rolled a 20 on? Like eight things. The first one. <laughs> I don't remember. You said something about a liberal economic order. Oh, the liberal economic order. It's, uh, yeah, and I looked into that a little bit last night too. Well, a- I, I don't want to do- go off on a tangent. I'm just saying, you know, you're, you're, you're asking a question about why CNN is being propped up. Could oh, it, it's part of the liberal, liberal international order, is, the U.S. rules-based economy. Yeah. Could that, it be that there is a cabal? Oh, shocking. <laughs> oh, cabal. That they created literally in 1946 that Eisenhower told us, hey, we created a military industrial complex, FYI. That's why I love Eisenhower because he like just blatantly was honest about yeah. it on and, his and, last speech. And almost like, I'm so sorry. Right. But yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> in order to prevent World War III, we're going to be the world police now. Sorry. Imagine, hey, look, imagine. It, don't let it get out of hand because it's about to. Imagine where we would be without YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, though, to be honest, whether it was intentional or accidental, whatever happened, we using the Internet got a lot of voices were able to to, to mm-hmm. come up, speak up, gain access, get the microphone. They may be freaking out about it now, but the cat's out of the bag and I don't think they can they can restrain right. it anymore. I mean, they're trying really hard with censorship, but look at Rumble. The censorship is being broken and people are finding a way through. Satellite internet, that's very promising. We'll be beaming video from Mars to Earth. Low and also, where, where it's, it's also an interesting time in kind of journalism and news because for the first time ever, I, I think, in our history, the corporate press doesn't have total control of the narrative. And I thought one of the biggest examples of that was the Kyle Rittenhouse situation. And, you know, obviously I was getting, you know, media requests with, you know, with Fox News and all these channels. And anytime I would go on, I said, obviously what's going on with Rittenhouse is a big case for self-defense. We know that. I'm not trying to understate that. But in my opinion, I thought it was a bigger case for how important that independent journalism is. Because, you know, if it wasn't for all those guys on the ground on, on, on you know, that night in Kenosha where it was Julio Rosas or BG on the scene or Drew Hernandez, 
we, we would be stuck with the corporate, with the corporate media narrative. And I think for me, the biggest, uh, thing that I was shocked by was the amount of people, even during the Rittenhouse trial that were, that were contacting me or messaging me saying, Jorge, I thought Rittenhouse killed black people. I just found out that he didn't. I'm like, that information's been out for a whole year. Let, let me, let me pull up this story from ABC News. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Ahmed Arbery Day. That's right. Holiday officially celebrating the second anniversary of the death of Ahmed Arbery. February 23rd will permanently be uh, permanently recognized, be permanently recognized as Ahmed Arbery Day in Georgia. They say the Ahmed Arbery Foundation, a mental wellness organization focused on black men that was founded by Arbery's mother, Wanda Cooper Jones, announced the nonprofit will offer six $3,000 scholarships for higher education opportunities to seniors from Arbery's former high school. Now, I want to start by saying um, that, that's fantastic. If, if they're going to give money for kids to, to scholarships, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of colleges or anything like that. But if they're trying to genuinely help people, I got no issue there. But talk about the psychotic cult world we live in, in which Ahmed Arbery is getting a, a holiday for him. Look, I, I maybe I'll be one of the few people willing to uh, call out as it should be called out. But uh, during the Ahmed Arbery trial, so we just had those the, the, the three individuals in question, McMichaels and that other guy. They're convicted on federal hate crime charges. You've got uh, you've got a story that is very clearly nuanced and contentious, and it is not as clear cut as the establishment and mainstream media tried to say. The fact is, the narrative of a guy jogging down the street was a total fabrication, a lie to manipulate people. That brings us to a point where now we're we're having a holiday for this guy. Look, I'm sad the guy lost his life and all that stuff, but it's not so simple. We can say the McMichaels were wrong. The guy who filmed. All of it happening. I don't know why he's going to prison, but sure, fine, oh, right, whatever. Right. The fact is, this is the level of insanity in this country. I got to say, so the guy with the camera went to jail, I think, because he had a car and he was behind him and they thought it was he was part of like pinching the guy in, like like blocking the guy in. Okay. If that guy's going to jail for using his car as a weapon, think about these truckers. If they go around D.C. and pin the president in while he's trying to give a speech. Oh, come on, come on. Yeah, we're, come we're, on, come on. But no, look what they did to a Ahmaud Arbery victim. No, it's, it's totally different what? situation. We're not it totally is, shooting. isn't it? Yeah, the guy with the cameras in jail because he had a car there. Yeah, that, that's completely. 50 yes, feet and, away and, from and, it. And, and, and what was the trying, reason he went to jail? Because they said Ian, that he on, was man. part of it? We're having a conversation about Ahmed Arbery. Yeah, it's a little off topic. And it's nothing to do with truckers. Well, the camera guy shouldn't have gotten went to jail. I don't think that guy should have went to jail. He was there. But they said that he was pinning Ahmed Arbery in basically he was he was like blocking him from running he, getting and, away. and he in no way coordinated with the other man but it didn't matter because we live in a psychotic cult reality where lunatics the, the 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 inmates are running the asylum yeah I mean I don't know how he got this day faster than George Floyd did. yeah what, what's up is there a George Floyd day or not? <laughs> I don't know yeah I'm like I don't oh, even know if there's yeah. even George yeah. Floyd day yeah but the fact that uh Aubrey got it quicker than him uh I think look at this. The, George, the Georgia General Assembly passed a resolution on February 2nd to permanently declare February 23rd to be Ahmed Arbery Day. You know, I don't know. Look, man, I'm all about justice. I, I, I don't like uh, racists. If a group of guys are chasing down a dude who's jogging because he's black, I want to see justice. If they if they kill mm-hmm. him, lock those people up. You go to prison for that. But that's not what happened. The media lied about everything. And you know what's funny is conservatives, many of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are complicit in pushing this narrative. And it's it's fascinating. I I, I we've heard it before, but I genuinely think a lot of Republicans they, they 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 try and act like they oppose the Democrats, but they're so they're so worried about not being uh, they're so worried about what the left thinks of them stepping out. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, what we see Fox News, 
We saw even, you know, Tulsi Gabbard, I guess she's a progressive. But all of these, these, these people are coming out being like, see, what happened here in Georgia was right. And I'm like, what? How are you going to come out and be like what happened to Kyle Rittenhouse was wrong and the media lied and now believe the media on this story when it was just patently false what happened? The story is, I'll simplify it for you, a string of robberies in a neighborhood. Gun gets stolen. Police go door to door saying, this is the guy with an image of him. He's seen on security camera footage entering someone's house. The prosecutor said that makes him a felony burglary suspect. Under Georgia law, you can citizens arrest someone without probable cause or with only probable cause without actually witnessing it if they're committing a felony. Based on the judge's jury instruction, he said, I don't know, you figure it out. And so the jury decided to go the other way and say they needed to be witnesses. That's the nuance here as per why these guys got convicted. Were the jury instructions correct? But the story about a guy jogging down the street, complete lie, complete lie. And now the Georgia General Assembly is giving this dude a, 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 a statewide holiday. Didn't the guy Whatever, man. Didn't, wasn't the guy wearing work boots? Yeah, something like that. Wearing work boots. They said he was jogging. I mean, come on. You don't got, don't, you know what it is? It's oh, that. Literally ABC says uh, he was killed while jogging in right. this same article. But there is several witnesses that, that came out and spoke on record that they suspected it was, it was a mock because they've already kind of seen some of the previous behavior, uh, leading, up, a, leading up to that moment. That it was a what? That they believe that it was, um, Aubrey, um, doing some of the, Trespassing, according to some of the neighbors, it wasn't that tra- like, it was burglary. Like, yeah, burglary. I mean, so I made this mistake, and we had a lawyer on. Uh, we had, I think it was Andrew Branca, as well as another lawyer. I can't remember who, who did we have on with Branca. With someone else. Anyway, Cash uh, was it Cash? Right, right, right. Yeah. And he was yes, and, and yeah. he was a prosecutor. So um, I said trespassing, and they said he wasn't a, a trespassing okay. suspect. When you when you enter someone, so, so I'll, I'll tell you guys what we're we're dealing with. We had a guy drive past two no trespassing signs up a thousand foot driveway and then enter our house that is i think it's what is it fourth degree burglary that's it okay when you when you break a barrier when you cross a barrier it's burglary at least in maryland so when they're saying this guy was trespassing no 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 trespassing is if he stepped on the grass and a sign said no trespassing then they can be like you knew the sign there you shouldn't have done it by entering the building it was now Mm. felony burglary so look don't think the guy should be dead don't think we should have a holiday for him either. Also, I mean, this is crazy. They're encouraging communities to quote run with mod by running 2.23 miles annually on this day. This is from the article. Literally, if the guy is actually running from a from a burglary and they want to make a day, uh, encourage people to do like a, a a run with the guy who was running from a burglary he just committed. Like how 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 upside down is this reality that they've yeah, got I mean, people I, confused like this? I mean, I don't get it. I mean, if you want to have a Obviously, like a holiday for like a Malcolm X, then of course. Uh, but this is... They're putting up statues yeah. of George Floyd. Let me tell you guys something. This is a story that blows my mind. Thank you. What? I, you're <laughs> probably going to say something that's going to blow my mind. Right? <laughs> I love it. I, I, I already thank said thank you. you. <laughs> there was a building with a mural of George Floyd wearing a crown. Oh, yes. That's actually what's it. And a storm. There was, there was, there was, it was partly cloudy. And a single lightning strike hit only the mural on the side of the building where George Floyd's face was that blew up, blew off only the outer portion of the wall. The inner wall remained intact. The roof was undamaged. Witnesses saw the lightning strike. It was reported by meteorologists. How the does that happen? I, metallic paint is all I got. But only the George Floyd? I guess. I don't know. There, there was, it, the whole building was, was, was a mural. Like if they just painted his face with some sort of metallic paint, they just blasted off all the metal? 
Or, I don't know, man. But the roof wasn't damaged. You know what and, I want to say? And the lightning typically strikes chimneys. I, I don't want to glorify people because they got killed. I want to glorify them because of what they did in their life. And if they happen to have been killed unjustly, that's a big part of it. Right. But rando people that got off is not – like we celebrate – okay, thank you. You pointed it out. You celebrate Malcolm X for what he did in his mm-hmm. life, not for getting shot. It's what he did in his life that matters. But so, But look, man – they, they tear down statues of Hans Christian Hegg. They tear down statues of uh, great civil rights leaders. Even Frederick even, even, Douglass. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt in New York City. They, they, they took that they one. one of my down. heroes, yeah. man. But, I but love that Frederick guy. Douglass? A lot of applause. Yeah. But I love Dude's that amazing. Yeah, he is. One of, the, one of the most epic Americans in the history of this country. He challenged Americans. During, this, is the, this is the pre-Civil War era, he said. He, he, you, are you going to live up to the words you wrote in your own constitution? And that's like smackdown. Yo, like, do you really believe I, I, I can't stand hypocrisy? If you're going to come out and say all men are created equal, we believe in civil rights and liberty. He's going to be like, OK, I challenge you to uphold that. It's brilliant. And they, tear, they tore his statue down up in Rochester. Now they want to put up holidays for George Floyd statues and murals, holiday for Ahmed Arbery and the Georgia General Assembly votes this in. I don't know if you've seen Whatever, that, um, that one story, Tim. It was actually uh, the Daily Signal. Um, one of our good friends, Mary Margaret, broke the story. There was a Catholic church that had um, they had like a mural of George Floyd, but as as a saint, oh. and that, that was like I was like, wait, wait, what what are we doing now? It's a cult. Catholic he had five yeah. drugs in his system, according to the coroner. Yeah, yeah, and they, had, they, they had George Floyd he was like as chewing a, as a, a saint. speedball. The dude should not have lost driving his, his I don't family around high. Like, come on, the guy was behind the wheel of a car, high as hell. Let's, oh, let's, let's, let's celebrate all this, all this all this movement to like name a day after Ahmad or. Uh, putting sane before George Floyd, this just takes, whatever you think of the case, cases in this case, just takes the nuance out of the discussion. Like five years from now, ten years from now, when you look at a statue of George Floyd or realize that, oh, today is Ahmad Arbery Day, then you probably by default start thinking that they probably must have done something like, like good in their life. Right? Yeah, gee, right. or, or maybe you know they didn't, and you're like, I want to be a saint. Wanna, How can I become yeah, a saint? I want to oh. be like that guy. So what it does, it just whitewashes the whole incident or just, again, like removes any sort of like gray point, gray area from the discussion. Like these were good people who were killed unjustly. Let's, let's, that's let's, it. Let's play a game. Trayvon Martin's story, initially oh, reported. Boy. Lies. In fact, I can't remember which media outlet it was. They actually edited the 911 call from George Zimmerman oh to make God. it seem like he was racist. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they asked him. They George Zimmerman says there's a suspicious looking guy, and they ask him what race is he, and he goes, "I think he's black." They cut that part out, so it's just George Zimmerman saying a suspicious looking guy. I think he's black. Like that was the sole reason they they play these games. They claim Zimmerman's a white dude. He's he's Hispanic. He's Latino. He's Latino. <laughs> then you've got let's see, Michael Brown. Hands up, don't shoot. Not true. Right. What, what else do we have? We have, uh, we have obviously Ahmed Arbery. He was just jogging. Not true. George Floyd. Not true. Not true. Poli- uh, footage gets released. Breonna uh, Taylor. Breonna Taylor. Not yep. true. None of it is true. These people are evil. They are liars. They are trying to manipulate you to, to take power. They do these things because it is part of their psychotic culture revolution. Look, we can look at it like a zombie horde, an aimless horde of people who are doing random things for no reason. That may be the case. But if that is the case, then there is a chaotic malignancy growing in this country that is gutting it and destroying it. Yeah, people we, are- we we have traditions for heroes like Frederick Douglass right. and Harriet Tubman, who did amazing things that we are all proud of and brag about. Yo, we had people going out like like 
Harriet Tubman was like apparently like a badass. She had a gun and she mm-hmm. was like super like well trained with how to shoot and everything like that, leading people to freedom. And we're like, that's what we care about. We care about freedom. Frederick Douglass, as I already explained, these are the statues. I, I think Hans Christian Hegg was my understanding is not even American. He would he want he fought for the North because slavery was was a moral evil. They he died when he was thirty. They tore his statue down. It's not, it has nothing to do with racism. It has everything to do with erasing and destroying our heroes, our champions, our traditions. It's called eracism. <laughs> Enough this of it. stuff just, just, man, it makes my blood I think boil. if they had been honest about George Floyd having all those drugs in his system and behind the car, wheel of a car with his family in the car, um, it would be a different, it would still be equally as tragic and worth talking about. And, but it would be a different conversation. We'd be talking about drug addiction and how that is a big problem. Fentanyl Correct, addiction. Yeah. Oh, we gotta, we gotta give a, a honorable mention to Jesse Smollett. Oh boy! Oh, oh man, one of the biggest. Biggest. Of our time. That's the biggest. Congrats! I'm shocked he hasn't gotten like a Netflix series. Is he yet. not in prison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can I'm, we? I'm hold surprised on a CNN hasn't given him like a role. Yeah. How come? How come no one's done? How come no one's made a Justice Smollett story? Have they done like, like, uh, the, assuming the story's real, and then dramatizing the incident in question and make like. Making a, you know, you know, they're doing the Fresh Prince of Bel Air yeah. drama. Oh, I heard yeah. that's so ridiculous. But the smaller um, thing was like embarrassing on multiple levels to like even for them to like sugarcoat it. I know. I just think it was. I, just... You know, can we fund this? Can we do like <laughs> like a satire out of it? Yeah. No, no, no. Totally legit, legit dramatization of his story, like as if it actually happened. Frame by frame, like him getting out of the subway and the guys pulling up. You might need to change the names. Yeah. And then I think you'd be okay. Juicy, uh, J-Dog. Juicy Smoulier. J-Dog. Yeah. We'll call him this guy J-Dog. J-Dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I guess we, I guess it would be better if we did it as a parody. Cause then like he's, he's in Chicago at 3 a.m. It's 20 degrees <laughs> out. And then like two fat deliverance kind of guys are like, look at this pretty boy. And like, <laughs> walk up and then it's like, he's like, oh no, it's Trump supporters. And they're like, go Trump. And then they start attacking him or whatever. I wouldn't believe the more of you would just said that like Kanye attacked them at two in the morning in Chicago. I'm like, that's more believable. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Kanye's doing out of pocket shit all the time. Yeah. But, but, but it is. I mean, at least Kanye's like from, he's from the, he's from, yeah, he's from area. Chicago. He has a reason to be there. He's also bipolar. So you don't know. He probably walks the streets <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> Yo, man. At a certain point, I'm just like, do these people really believe this stuff? Do you see that 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 Canadian MP who said that honk honk is an abbreviation for oh like high healer? I don't even want to oh say it. Oh my god! Yeah, what? that's what she said. And I, I just I saw that and I'm like, dude, no sane person believes that's yeah. true. And anybody who claims to is lying to you. And also that that's like offensive to Jewish people too. It's like, yeah, oh my god, the Jewish, the honk honk. Yeah, what if there's a Jewish truck driver? Around? Yeah. <laughs> So I feel like that's honk, also offensive honk. to the Jewish community. Big Look problem out. with demonizing language. Uh, I would love to not do that. Do you think we can make all the words okay again? No. Come yeah, on. Yeah. You know we're never going back now. That ship really? Sailed. You think that yeah, humanity is, is that lost? That oh, our language has yeah. been that distorted forever? That ship is sailed. Dude, look at what they're doing to the Spanish language. But think about it. Ian, even in this conversation, we can't say certain words. And I guess I, I'm already speak. brainwashed to think that words mean certain things and they don't really have to. What? Like, just because I was told that English means what it means doesn't mean that it has to mean that. Sure, but words are basically, um, they're, they're, they're tools to describe things. So if we all agree racism means something, it's so that we can convey ideas to each other. The left plays semantic games on purpose to confuse you so you don't know how to communicate properly. It's kind of like this. You're fighting someone, right? 
if you are uh, uh, the honorable samurai, then you approach honorably from the well, actually no 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 let's let's do this the American Revolution. You are the British regular approaching the battlefield with honor, and the Americans are hiding in the brush and they jump out and just ambush you. That's what the left is doing. They're doing guerrilla tactics in politics. They are trying oh, to yeah. make sure you are confused and tripped up and don't know yeah. how to engage. And it's ra- it seems almost random. Like all, one day a new word will have some other connotation or be associated with it. Or my favorite is Wim- Wimixen. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, you remember this? Uh, they they changed women with an E to an X. And they said it was inclusive. How do you even say that out loud? What did you say? Wimixen. Wimixen. So like, so no, it's Wim, Wim, W-O-M, accent. So Wimixen. Oh, Wimixen. Confusing as hell. So it's, you could say woman or you can say... Wimixen. <laughs> they also said you could say Wimix, which makes no sense because it would be Wimps. That's so funny. Wimskin. Yeah. Wimix. Could you imagine being a guy at a bar and you just walk up to a girl like, you're the finest Wimixen I've seen in this like, yeah. You are speaking Wimixen. my language. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so check it out. Imagine, imagine you're, you're, you're fighting someone, right? Here's what, here's what we're doing in this political battle. We're approaching right up front. We're walking right up to them and saying, here's my argument. And then all of a sudden, some guy jumps out from behind us with a bolas and throws it and tangles up our feet and we fall down and they run away laughing. They're, they're playing these games. Remember when, um, the Brett Weinstein thing happened up in, uh, uh it was, it was Seattle or uh, Evergreen College? Evergreen, Evergreen, Evergreen. College, yeah. Just outside of Seattle, I think it was, right? And when the, when the administrators were trying to talk, one of the, one of the students goes, don't wave your hands at us. It's racist. So he stops and then they all start laughing at him. They're not serious people. They're playing a, 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 a power game. And so they'll say, oh, uh, Latinx, Latinx or whatever. Like, no, no. Like, was it 3% of Spanish people identify yeah. with using those terms? That's, using those words? What does that even mean? No, I mean, that's like the funniest thing to me because it's like, you know, obviously I'm Latino, but just being, you know, just I couldn't even imagine some like white liberal going up, going up to my dad and being like, you're a Latinx. And my dad's like, uh... Oh, wait, wait. Okay. You, you speak Spanish? Yeah. Can you can you speak Spanish putting an X at the end of uh, when, any 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 gendered word? Like if it's going to have an O or an A, it's got to be X. I don't know. I don't even think you could even even do that, but it would it would be the most insane thing ever to try and speak it's, that way. I mean, it's just the Latin X thing is like probably the most funniest thing to me because it's like you have these white liberal kids who like go to college at these universities telling working class Latinos what they should be called. <laughs> and the and the things that these Latinos are like, you know, you're like, "Hey, you're a Latin X." They're like, "Um, Look, man, I just got to get back to work. I got to pay bills. I don't. I'm no, not even. Just, I'm not even in this discussion. Like, no, they just you. go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? What is it? What is Latinx? So it's a. F- I, w- I mean, I would. I guess it's, it's a, a term made by, uh, by white, white liberals, white Germanic yeah. language speaking <laughs> liberals. So it's like a version of taking the non-binary out of it. Uh, so you can't say Lat- Latino, Latina. So, lati- you, so like, thing is, Spanish male. language is very, and is very, is um, you know, Spanish language is, is very gendered. gendered. So yeah. like, for instance, like, you, if you say like, hey, this is mi hijo, that's my son. This is mi hija, that's my daughter. So everything is like that. Everything is gendered. So it's so weird that I don't know why they wanted it. You know, why not, why not make the Asian, Asians say Asian <laughs> X or something? I don't know why. Hey, hey you know what? And I want to <laughs> say this too. I want to say, I think, um, I think that uh, Spanish is sexist against men. You know why? So. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question, Jorge. What is what does niñas mean? It's girls, like but like little girls, yeah, like children, yeah. Okay, what does niños mean? Like little boys, boys or niños? Yeah. Oh, I see where you're going. What else could it mean? It could also be kids. So it oh, could also be like, hey, these are the those niños. You could be like, oh, these are kids. So so let me let me ask you. Like what, all girls. If, if, if there was a group of ten boys and ten girls all playing, how would you describe that? Niños. 
Niños. So that, so hold on a minute. You mean to tell me that in Spanish language, girls get their own special words and can use the masculine as well? Well, that sounds yes. like yeah, yeah, they actually, get special yeah. privileges, <laughs> special descriptors that the males don't get. I'm kidding, by the way, but you see the game. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a game well, you can play, though. Is there right. some value to removing gender from the language? How? Well, Mussolini, means, Mussolini means. Uh, t- was like uh, the national river of Italy was uh, f- feminine. And he was like, no, it is a, we are a strong masculine country. And you change it to a masculine word. And then they change the word. Just like, Is that necessary? <laughs> that kind of that psychological power. In Arabic, they actually change the language when they talk to a girl. They use different words oh, for women. I didn't know that. Yeah. Me, 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 gotex, bocus. <laughs> like, what are you going to do to get rid of the gendered language? Like, just change the word? I don't got. Know. I don't me, know. me, got. You can use the same word. Like, you don't have to. No, no, we have different words for man and woman. Yeah, who cares that Latin romance, romance languages are well, gendered? Well, like you said, it, it says if there's a boy and a girl playing together, you'd refer to them as with the male word. It's kind of yeah. like, why? Why, why even have it there to begin with? Then what are you going to say? Ninixes? Children. Like just a, kids. But that's, 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 you see, like, this is the problem with the progressives telling Spanish speakers the words they have to use because they're politically incorrect. Where does it come from? It comes from Latin, right? The, the gender stuff from yeah. Rome, the Romance Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, like even French, and Romance, and Italian, Roman, and Roman. Portuguese, they have gendered language as well. Yeah, it all comes from Latin. And that was a highly patriarchal society. I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe maybe uh, the progressives are right, and Spanish people should just uh, you know speak the way they're told. Maybe the Romans that's, built that's, the Catholic Church the, and uh, patriarchal language on how is, purpose. How, how is this not the epitome of, of of white supremacy that white wealthy liberals are telling right. working class Spanish people that their language is wrong? Yeah, it feels pretty uh, white knighty. That's why I'm glad the polling shows it only has like two to three yeah. percent support. So. But it's not working, and so it's a huge turnoff. As a as a native speaker of Spanish, you don't think there's any. You have you ever thought like that's weird or anything? I mean, to me, it's completely normal. I think. I mean, like I said, I've, I mean, I've been raised like that. It's a completely normal thing. Um, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> to me. The like I said, the 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 Latinx. I mean, all it does is actually just hurt the left side because it just turns off those voters, and the polling you know shows that. And I think a lot of people forget. That a lot of these immigrant families, um, whether they're coming from Latin America or from China or India, they're even more conservative than your American conservative. So when you push this type of language, it's a huge turnoff. And then all of a sudden those same parents are like, wait a minute, this is a little weird. And then they put their kids in public school. And then now they see that their kids are being taught, you know, transgenderism and kind of sexualized education. It's a, it's a huge turnoff. And that, and that one thing that me and Sonic kind of investigated a little bit, um, last year was, all that, all that, you know, sexual education or Latinx and stuff like that, that actually led to the Republican win in Virginia uh, for Glenn Youngkin and the, that parent, that parent uprising. I think if you watch mainstream media, you would have thought like, oh man, all those parents in Loudoun County are white supremacist parents. The majority of them are like Salvadorian and Indian parents who are like, we don't want this. <laughs> it like, looks like, like Jersey up there. Yeah. Right? Well, do you guys, do you guys remember? I think it was in Birmingham in the UK. It, a bunch of uh, devout Muslims came oh, out right. to protest the schools because right. the schools were doing LGBTQ mm-hmm. curriculum. And that created a really weird conflict because then all of a sudden you had these LGBT activists coming out, walking up to niqab-wearing women, being like, we're doing this for, for you. you. Yeah, it's and fine. they're like, we hate you. Yeah. Stop this. And it's just like, who? Are, I, I don't. I have been to Birmingham and it's the funny thing. Like when you walk the streets, there are like particular areas where you can tell that Bangladeshi people are like uh, Muslim people live here and they live their own lives they don't want to be bothered they have their own little small mom and pop shops and they send their sco- kids to the same public school where the rest of the Birmingham people go and they just want to be left alone 
right? And up comes the and like in UK, public education is completely, completely different than the states insofar as that thinking of like LGBT stuff and think thinking about you know races like uh, race stuff is so part of their curriculum, right from the get go. So, but these people are not used to that. So when you try to teach a Bangladeshi second generation kid that, hey, you got to use this language. Hey, you can't say that thing. Hey, there is no boy and girl. And he comes back and tells his parents, it's just like a whole different environment. Like you think that that stuff is awkward in the States, but in UK, there is like no conservative political ground up school movement, like turning point or whatever in UK. So like there's no representation of like the other side of thinking. So the immigration, the immigrant population is just like in a really like no man's land there. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, um, how, oh, this thought is a bit escaped me. I was thinking, firstly, odd that the, the British Empire is not pushing back against this stuff. Uh, I would like to see them. No, do it. it's their policy. It's, yeah. It is and why, their policy. Why correct. is it their policy? But like, uh, that what's happening, maybe a lot of these activists, the people that are pushing these things are childless people trying to parent. <laughs> other humans because like when you're an adult you're like your kid starts crying i know you're sad i know you're upset but i'm doing this for your own good and they may actually be doing that because you're taming a wild one you're basically you can't eat all the sugar i know it's sad i know it sucks but trust me so these people are doing it for other people i know it's not the language you're used to but trust me it's it's for your own good like have some kids gain some humility stop trying to control people i was thinking about this like why don't you just let the kid eat the tube of cookie dough (laughs) No, no, for real. Because it's addictive. No, no, because a kid would barf all over himself and be like, I never want to do that again. No, but then they keep eating it. They go back to it. Like a dog pukes and then they keep eating it. Hey, I learned my my lesson, man. When I, I remember I moved to LA and I was hungry and I ate a whole pizza to myself. And I was like, that was so good. And then I got sick and I was like, I'm never doing this again. (laughs) Oh, I made a mistake. And I was an adult when that happened. Oh, I was, I made that mistake as a kid over and over and over again. But, but I think there is, there is a point there. It's, uh, cause it's, it's, it's what we've said before. Uh, the, the, the socialists don't have kids. They have yours. Correct. Like, uh, if you think about it, like from that analogy, like you treat your family as like a commune, right? You treat your friend group as a socialist circle. The wider you go, the more right wing thing you go. Like you treat the the country as like you want to get the best out of people. So you want there's there needs to be like a capitalist structure. But for someone who doesn't have a kid or family or friends for that matter, they want to enforce their control over the next immediate group of people that they see. And in this case, that's the rest of the citizen of the country. Yeah, it's probably naturally um, satisfying to have a little bit of communism, a little bit of socialism. Correct, a bit of yeah, like because you have a right side of your brain and a left side of your brain. You need that balance just to be a functioning human being. And you use the left way of thinking for the people who you actually care about or you have something to share with, like the people from your same religious circle uh, or your fam- or your friends or your family. But the people who you do not know, like strangers, you just want the best out of each other. So you think of them like, hey, let's be symbiotic and you get the best out of me and I get the best out of you. And there's money involved. So there, you, com- oh no, you, so there comes like a capitalist way of thinking. But if you don't have any kids, family or like a religious circle, you don't have anyone to use that left way of thinking on. So you subject that on the rest of the people. Have you guys uh, seen those groomer bills? They haven't. I think it's Florida banned them. Yeah. They, it was no. like you know the, the schools wanted to like you know uh, groom children into various ideas or whatever. I'm saying that very specifically. I'm 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 using the phrase groomer on purpose because what the left is really effective at is propaganda, and what they're saying is they're calling it "Don't Say Gay." 
Oh, yeah, I heard of that. Right. You've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Wait, what's, I don't know that. What's that? So it's just there, there are bills saying that schools shouldn't be having uh, like sex ed for kids as part of the curriculum. It should be something special or not in schools at all. It should be something the parents decide. And that's, you know, my attitude on it is like, yeah, I don't know. The parents should figure out okay. if they want to talk to their kids about this stuff. So the left has very, um, they're good at, they're good at this stuff. They call it the don't say gay. So that's clearly not what the bill is. But now all of a sudden, that's what the left is, is putting out there. And when I say groomer bill, you guys are like, huh, what's that? It's because the right is ineffective at messaging. Correct. Yeah. They don't, they don't have any of that stuff. But, you know, in these schools, indoctrination is, is the key to what, what the left is doing. They don't have kids, they have yours, which means if they can get your kids to believe whatever they believe in 20 years, this country will be whatever their ideology is. It's starting with millennials, now, all the stuff rising up. And you're right on point. And we actually did, uh, me signing, we, we produced our second doc, uh, document was called Indoctrination Nation, where we looked at critical race theory in the state of Virginia, specifically Loudoun County. One of the things that I was shocked about was that these kids would be like 12 years old and let's you know they'll go to the li- to the library, and their librarian would tell them, "Hey, you should read this book. It's called Rick, and Rick is you know will be a, a story about a a girl who then transitioned into a boy, and all this is happening without the parents' knowledge. Yeah. It wasn't until those till, till those kids come actually home and say, "Hey, mom, this is what I learned," and then you know the parents look at it and like, "Wait, wait, what?" Um, so it's a little bit of actually actually that it's that, that that you know indoctrination at a very young age. And it's doing behind the parents' back. Also, in in my home state of California, we had a state assembly member by the name of Scott Weiner, who actually is introducing a bill which actually might pass, which is scary. A bill that's going to lower lower the age of uh, vaccination consent down from the age of eighteen down to twelve years old. So, could you imagine that if you're a twelve year old or thirteen year old, if your mom says you can't get vaccinated, or you know, because obviously she's your parent, but now you could finally go behind your parents' back and still still do this and uh, you know give more power to the state. You know, look. I, I gotta say, I blame a lot of the parents, 100%. Uh, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard where it's like, I sent my daughter to college and now she hates me. And it's like, why would you do that? Why would you not pay attention to what you were doing to your children? Look, I get it, man. The, these, these cult weirdos are the problem. But who are, I, I gotta say to parents out there, you didn't look into the school. Right. You didn't go and visit. You didn't ask about the curriculum. You didn't check in on what other people who are going to the school are doing and what they, what, what they're planning and what, what's happened to their lives. You're not doing any research. It's crazy to me how many parents are like, I just put my kid in school and forget about it. And then when their kid comes back and they're like, I can't believe you're learning this. Did you not take any active role in what's happening to your kids? That, that version of, for lack of a better word, helicopter parenting is Kind of a privilege if you think about it, right? So if there's well, a wait, 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 helicopter parenting. As I'm, 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 not, I'm, I just, like, for lack of a better word, I said like. Well, I'm not. I'm not talking about parents like micromanaging their kids' lives. I'm talking about their parents knowing about the college they're sending their kids to instead of being like, I signed the paper, bye. It's like, shouldn't you be like, I looked into these schools. Here's what I think is best. Good luck to you. That's fair, but what I'm trying to say is like, that's not possible for you know family who's just trying to get by or like a single like a single mom who's working a job already and who's just sending their kid to public school expecting that everything's going to be an autopilot like that's not possible for her and what, 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 what where did this idea come from because it's a new idea that you could use schools as a daycare center and you weren't responsible for what you know I, oh I, I thought the schools the government indoctrinate institutional I thought the government's institutionalized learning facilities was going to teach my kid to be responsible adults who got good jobs did it ever occur to anybody that when the government 
is subsidizing an institutionalized learning facility, the number one uh, function of any entity is to preserve itself. So they're going to indoctrinate your kids to want to preserve their machine. If you want your kids to to retain your values, you are responsible and no one else. And if you send your kids to these colleges, you are responsible for them coming back with shaved heads and like pierced eyes or something. (laughs) But like, what would you say to a mom like that who doesn't have any other option than to send her kid to a public school? Um, I think that uh, the, the challenge today is how luxurious we all live. <clears throat> Excuse me. You go back 100 years, this wasn't an issue. You know, uh, well, maybe a little bit more than 100 years. I would say even when I was in high school, it wasn't an issue. I mean, I wasn't get, getting taught the stuff that these kids, I mean, I was but, but, basic, but, basic stuff. You were still in an institutionalized learning facility. Yep. Absolutely, your teachers had liberal left, left, lefty values. Even going back 20 or 30 years, conservative parents put their kids in schools and their kids came out liberal. It's just that liberal has gone further and further left as of recent history. So, And, and the internet has really uh, accelerated this. But there was a period where parents didn't have refrigerators, didn't have cell phones, didn't have the internet, didn't have cars, and life sucked. But as much as it did relative to today... They would take responsibility for their kids. Their kids would work with them. The problem now is when someone says, I have to have a job, well, it's because you want to maintain modern living standards, which I totally get and respect. Who wouldn't? Why, why would you, who wants to go live in a cave and try and forage for berries? Not to mention it's really hard because property is basically owned by everybody. But there is the big challenge. The system is ossifying around you to such a degree you will have no choice but to send your kids to institutionalized learning facilities where they will be taught to hate you, hate everything about you and your family and your history, your country and your culture. And if you don't like it, too bad because your job is more important. Living in a house with air conditioning and, and, and a refrigerator absolutely is more important. And, and, I, and I mean that. You're, you're going to starve to death. You're going to have no food. You're going to have dirty drinking water and live on the streets. No, you're going to have to live in this system as prescribed. And that means the state will own your kids unless you can figure something out, unless you stand up and you vote. And like we saw in Virginia, Youngkin, you know, comes in or, or whatever. So may, I'm not saying it's, it's the end is nigh. I'm just saying this is the system that has been built all around us. And it is a terrifying one because how do you escape it? When you are trapped in it, you can't just go, uh, uh, you know, to the, to the, to the woods as much as I might jokingly say, like, get out there and go to the forest. I mean, like, you literally can't just live off the land anymore. It's owned by everybody. There's rules, there's laws and regulations. If you are, if you are well off enough and you save up, save up enough money, you can buy land in the middle of nowhere. It's not impossible. You can buy a house out in West Virginia for 100K. You get a loan, you put down a thousand bucks if you get a good loan. There you go. Move out there. You'll work a lot more. Life won't be as easy, but at least you'll know your kids will retain your values and won't come back with their heads shaved, believing insane things. I was looking at the history of uh, public education, modern education in the American system. Uh, it comes from a guy named John Dewey. He was one of the founders of what's called the progressive education movement. And he believed that schools, this is from Wikipedia, uh, that were not only a place for students to gain content knowledge, but also a place for them to learn how to live. So to this day, the schools are still teaching people, kids, how to think. And I agree, teaching kids how to learn is important. But when you're teaching them how to think as in like how how to be racist, I think the the aberration has grown bigger than the, the product at this point. You know, yeah, I mean, uh, I think, you know, maybe I'm wrong here, but at the end of the day, all this still goes down to the parents. So, you know, even if, you know, at the end of the day, with the world that we're living in here in America, you're going to send out 
your kids is, you know, whether it's woke is leftist stuff at school, work, it's, it's going to be all around them. So it's up to the family to kind of build those, those structure and values before you kind of head out to the real world. That's just my, my opinion. I think, you know, what my parents did with me, I think helped me out. So when I went to the real world, saw some of this stuff, I'm like, Oh no, F that. So like when I went out to the real world, one thing that was getting taught a lot when I was in community college was the white privilege thing. So, you know, I would have white professors or white, um, other students tell me how I'm oppressed. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like my dad's an immigrant who es- escaped the civil war. You know, he just taught me that I have to work hard and that's how I, I get ahead. I'm not, you know, we're not, we're not not ahead because we're not white or anything. So I think it's at the end of the day, no matter with all the propaganda around us and everything, it still just comes down to mom and dad and the values that you're getting taught in your house. Yeah, I can't imagine that the school's job is to teach people how to how to learn, how to live. Come on, John Dewey says the school is the place for them to learn how to live. That's the parents' job yeah. is to teach. Their I mean, kids to be honest, I never heard the word white privilege till like I was like 19 years old, 20 years old. Um, just because like it's just in my house, I was never taught that. You know, my mom and dad were like, "Hey, you have to grind, you have to work." My my dad, the mindset he taught me was first one in the office, last one out. So when I was raised like that, I just never heard the word white. white pri- I didn't even know it was a thing till I was like 19 years old in community college, and kids were like, "Hey, Hori, you're you're in community college because of white privilege." And I was like. No, I'm not. I just, you know, I just mess around in high school and then that, that's why I'm, that's why I'm here and I deserve it. I see value to organized education because I imagine before John Dewey was around that it was just madness. Like one schoolhouse would be teaching this, the other oh, one would right. be teaching this. They'd say the word means this thing. They say the word means that. So they developed a centralized authority that basically tells us like this is the official information. But now you see how horrible that can become when they feed you crap. Um, another thing which like the conservatives, uh, left the ball was, this whole concept of they will get reality checked once they graduate and face the real world. Oh yeah, because that never happened nope. for most of these kids. I right? was wrong about that for mm. sure. Yeah. I, was say, I was saying that. And what happens is they get out and they all stand around looking at each other, going, "The world isn't the way it's supposed to be, so we're going to force it." And yeah, the way we're going to do it is by taking over the HR departments yes. of corporate America, and that's what gets overlooked so much. Like people try to find cause and effect. That's the cause right there. Well, uh, the laws, look, um, you've got the civil rights law, which we like, but they take it to the extreme. They say, uh, you know, one of the arguments put forward by the left is about separate but equal when it comes to race. Mm-hmm. And then they say all of those arguments pertain to gender as well. Why, why have, so if the argument was that, you know, different races were different, therefore they get equal access to a bathroom, but there's different bathrooms based on race. Why the same for gender? If the genders are legal on, are, are equal under the law, how can you say separate but equal? It's an argument actually being made by the left over the gender issue. And based on the, the, the interpretation of the law, there's, they, they have a legal argument. So there has to be a, a reinterpretation or there has to be a judicial review or something. But so long as these laws exist, they will exploit them in ways they were never intended. They will change language to retroactively change the laws without any real democratic process. They, they're, look, these, these cult members are good at what they do in terms of manipulating They're the really system. good. Like, yep. if you think about it right now, it is almost synonymous to a layman. Like, there's no difference between equity and equality, right? People just yep. throw on, throw, throw on the word diversity and equity. Like, it means nothing. Like, it used to be when I was in school, it was diversity and equality. And we were like, I knew what those words meant. And I know what equality and equity is and what the difference is. Yeah, and equity is communism. Yeah, equity is equality of outcome and equality is equality of opportunity. It's as simple as that. But right now, to a layman, 
there is no difference. Right. Cause the, 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 the left has been so, so, so good at messaging. I think Let, equity, I think of finance. It's uh, equities, ownership yeah. of assets. That ownership of assets. Yeah. Oh, right, right. That's everything. We're going to go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Head over to TimCast.com. We're going to have a members-only show around 11 or so p.m. We're going to be talking uh, a bit about how the metaverse is grooming kids. Huh. No joke. Uh, it's it's a very serious discussion that I, I think is a little too spicy for YouTube, and we try to be family-friendly. So head over to TimCast.com. We'll have that conversation up again around 11 or so p.m. And as a member, you're supporting all of our journalists. Smash that like button, as I said. Let's read some of these Super Chats. All right, let's see. Christopher Knowles says, JBP, that's Jordan Peterson, said a while ago that most government officials in Canada make decisions strictly based on polls. 10% poll swing towards conservative, and now they're backpedaling. Think there are any similarities in Biden-Harris's regime? Yes. How, how, how quickly do the polls come out saying people were, were pissed off and all of a sudden they start changing and, and pulling back on mandates and stuff like that? Yeah, the mandates start dropping. The masking kids start dropping. Uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of, lot of similarities. DC changed sure. like that, like literally, like DC used to be like all sad and gloomy with the vaccine mandates and the mask mandates. Yeah. The vaccine mandate in DC dropped like Yeah, that. I would say like uh, the mandate dropped in like that. under 30 days. <laughs> right. Legitimately. <laughs> Here's one. Um, Eriftas of Stet says, I can't wait for Tim to sell the naming rights to Ian's room in the new compound. I'd name it the Gorilla Room. All right, Ian, your room is now uh, for Sold. Sold. <laughs> for 50 bucks? I, like it. I owe I was, nothing. I, I'll just do it for fun. Well, no, he super chatted 50 bucks. Okay. So Ian's room is now officially called the Gorilla Room. I'm so happy. I was going to call it that anyway. Just so <laughs> We need to figure out who made this awesome sign. This sign right here. Yeah, who's, who made this? We got. We, it was sent to, to us. Me. Who sent these to us? That's I love these. Pretty things. clutch. I we like need it. to get one that says the Gorilla Room, so we can put it above yeah, Ian's door. At Gorilla, at the Gorilla Room, the Gorilla at Room, Gorilla Room. Someone already made the the Twitter account. GorillaRoom.com sure. is that bought? Gorilla Room. <laughs> Just pictures of Ian. Gorgeous. All right, here's a good one. This is OMG Puppy says Cernovich is warning people not to fall for Democrat honey traps like the U.S. trucker convoy. Do voter registration. Stay away from dubious protests. I yeah, it's a good point. Cerno and um, Jack Posobiec have both kind of echoed that sentiment. It's a good point. You want to be effective? Voter registration like Scott Pressler's been doing. That. Oh, man. Scott's killing it. I don't know anyone yep. who's who's doing it at that level. I mean, he's he's going to single-handedly win Republicans' elections yeah. by registering people to vote. I don't know why the GOP doesn't do anything with Scott. Because they're the party of no ideas. <laughs> the Democrats are the party of bad yeah, ideas. Scott's the guy, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how the GOP doesn't just contact them and be like, hey – Show us what you're doing. We'll help you, whatever resources. But they just decide not to reach out to this guy, and he's killing it on – he's everywhere. I mean, you can just check his Twitter. He's, he'll be like, I'm in Pennsylvania, and I'm touring these five cities. I'm in Texas. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Um, but I'm 50-50 with Cernovich on that because, it's like, I feel like you still need the nonviolent protest, and you need to show that workers are uprising. But I do get it that it could be possibly infiltrated. Who knows, man? It's yeah. a tough call. All right. We got Lord Blueberry the first. He says, Tim, my wife was your brunch server the other day. You hooked it up and she wanted me to send you a huge thank you. This is correct. We went out to a very fine establishment for brunch with the crew. And as we were leaving our server, just, she said, you know, she's like, I want to let you know that, you know, my husband's a huge fan of your That's show. Cool. And I was like, Oh man, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. We gave a, we gave a nice tip. That's nice. Hook it up. Um, I always, I always tip really, really well because I'm, I'm a, I'm a communist. Well, know, so the, what we should do is <laughs> tip the whole staff. Because if, if, as a waiter, when a really rich person would come in, all the that. waiters would be like, we'd be like piranhas wanting that one person, and whoever got to wait on them would get a big tip, and everyone else would be really angry at yeah. the server, and it would create Yo. tense tenseness at the restaurant. There, so and the uh, kitchen crew needs some of that cash too. Luke, they deserve it. 
I, I once tricked Luke. It was really funny. I was like, we, we were at a restaurant and Luke was, you know, we had two separate bills because Luke was covering him and, and some of his friends and I was covering the crew. And then he was like, it was what we had one service. Like, how much are you going to tip? And then, and I was like, I'm going to tip big. And he was like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tip, you know, half of whatever you do. And I was like, all right. So I did this massive tip and then Luke was like, <laughs> and they had to yes. put a bunch of money. But now when we go to these restaurants, the servers like run out. They're like, that's the crew. I want to help. Yeah. You, you know, you know what I said, man, when I was a kid, I said, my goal is to get to the point where I can tip a waitress a ton of money, you know, like you, you, there's somebody who's, who's working an honest day's work, you know, maybe they're having a bad day or something and you're like, I'm going to make your day one of the best days ever. Dude, it's That's like awesome, you could man. give them five yeah. days of work in one tip. It like, what a ability for them to get a buffer to do something they love with their life. For five days. No, we, awesome. I always, five I always, days. I always tip. <laughs> Mad crazy at restaurants. Yeah, me too. You know? Over Christmas holiday, I was just unloading to, tips, and I try to leave before they see the tip. Yeah, you know, I, try, I don't want. I don't want to be. Yeah, I try to tip good though. Where I, I was, where I was tipping greatly was uh, during the lockdowns, and I had to go t- to these uh, barbers that were basically giving these black market haircuts. So anytime I was getting a black market haircut, I I tipped the guy like five times. We got we got, tip, wait, 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 we got we got Luke in the chat. Luke <laughs> Luke says I still did it. That's yeah, right. that's because okay. Luke's a boss. Tip and then Luke was like, I love Luke. we gotta like, start tipping. Son of a, and then he tips somehow tip the whole staff, but I'm afraid that if you give the tip to like the manager, they're gonna pocket it. So you gotta make sure everyone sees their All right, percentage. Ian, you have to tip the whole staff next like, time. Person to this, person to person to person. This pisses me off. And they're like, this chef can't take tips. And you're like, you know what? Get out of my face, dude. You can't. <laughs> I was at, I was at a local grocery store during, uh, I think it was Thanksgiving and there were people there working. And we were picking up a bunch of snacks. I think it was Thanksgiving. And I was like, look at all these people working. They're probably getting paid very little. I was like, I'm right. going to give them all a hundred bucks. Like th- there's like four or five people who had helped me out. I'm like, so I walked up and I was like, can I give you guys a tip? And they were like, no. And, and uh, I, I, I said, I was like, okay. And there's a guy bagging and he was like, he, they can't tip us. And they were like, no. And if you take it, we'll make you give it back. Dang. And then I was like, all right, man, I just wanted to give you guys right. a tip for I think you can give holidays. them a gift, though. No. Technically, legally, you're allowed to give no, gifts. They can't. Uh, I believe you can write that this is a, officially a gift and not a tip. And I've seen it. Someone tweeted out a picture of it and it went viral on Twitter. I was thinking like, I was like, I wish I could just tell that, you know, that 16 year old kid who was bagging groceries and they said they wouldn't let it do it. I was like, I wish I could just offer him a, you want to, you want to, you want to mop the floors here. We'll pay you twice as much as they're paying you because screw that. That's BS. Right. If I, if I'm a customer and I come in and I appreciate you guys working on the holidays and I want to pay you extra, I should be able to do it. They wouldn't let me do it. Well, we should read some more, more, uh, super chats. We got Isaac Lux. He says, I haven't heard you mention Transnistria, a disputed area in Eastern Moldova housing Russian troops in the Southeast border with Ukraine. Look up Simon Whistler's video on geographics for more information. That's interesting. I didn't know about that. All right. Ardwick says, don't think that the truckers won. Trudeau declares emergency. Parliament delays vote. Until Trudeau clears protesters, Parliament votes to back the emergency. Trudeau cancels emergency. Precedent set. Perhaps. But I think their polling is going to be hurt. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, it's, it's like confidence is everything. If one day everyone woke up and said Trudeau needs to be out, he'd be out. So if they shatter confidence by doing this stuff, it's, it's a dramatic shift and they know it. Absolutely. And I, like I said, I, I do think it's a big deal that you actually had a president, like I said, President of El Salvador, Nayib Bukele, who, who stepped up and spoke out against what Trudeau was doing. And I think that's going to uh, be interesting as, as those uh, diplomatic informations further. further. But El Salvador thing's pretty interesting. You know, it is. And as, like I said, it's, it, it's fascinating to actually have a president come out and speak out against what Trudeau government did and i think it's gonna be really interesting how we see that foreign policy play between those two countries as we go 
All right. RD says Ian's salary based on the ones and 20, 20s he rolls. <laughs> I would well, never take that gamble. <laughs> <laughs> I just live life, baby. One day it's like his paycheck is massive. Well, he yeah. rolling 20s, man. It was worth it. It was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. Sam says, shout out to Viva Fry. Timmy should have him on. Uh, Viva is always welcome. We're big fans. And uh, it's just difficult with the borders and stuff. But uh, anytime Viva can come down, we will have him on. Viva's a great guy. I just met him at the uh, J- uh, James O'Keefe release party for his for his book. But Viva's awesome. He was so crucial in the uh, Rinhouse uh, coverage. I tweeted it out. Of all the guests we've ever had on, the only one I fanboyed over was David Frey. That's Viva. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just so excited to meet him. Yeah, He's like my dude. age. Viva's cool. He's a cool dude. All right. Hayden says, Josh Yoder with the People's Convoy talked to Ivory Hecker today. And said that the convoy will not be going to D.C. They have reportedly had feds already try to infiltrate the convoy and rile people up. Huh. That's interesting. The, yeah. the, what I'm getting from my sources, because I, I, I got a couple guys on the ground, is that they, they're they not going to go into D.C. proper, but uh, D.C. Beltway. Huh. Um, and I got, I, I got my good friends out there, Sergio and Anthony Cabasa, out there following the uh, Freedom Convoy from California. Chank Sautome says... Ian is hearing liberty or death for the first time in his life from people who actually mean it. And he's so state brainwashed, he can't understand it. But you got also, I'm on TV right now. So we have guidelines about what we can and can't say on TV. I fully support the convoy and the, the momentum and the alteration of fascist governments. I want to break down the Federal Reserve and reformulate our economy with something more, you know, at least opportunistically equitable. Adrian Contreras says, me, my roof is leaking. Ian, the Federal Reserve. I, I think, I think the point they're making is that there's a lot of issues that are pertinent to like working class people that aren't solved by these bigger, grandiose right. issues like Definitely. this. All right. Here's one that's really, really important. Tattered Shield says, Tim, I have done what you said and got off the American dollar. I have done nothing but buy Magic the Gathering goblin tokens for three days. Oh, God. 62,000 goblin tokens. I never, at any oh, point, no. instructed anybody to <laughs> let alone get uh, get off uh, buy, get off the American dollar, let alone buy goblin tokens from Magic the Gathering. But I do think, hmm, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, he will spawn you, sixty-two thousand goblins in one turn. I mean, God. just so you know, Tim coins. We we, we yeah. have like we have commander decks that can generate that many. Kiki jiki. I mean, that's infinite. Tim coins. Well, uh, I don't know if they're goblins though. Kicker. The bird dude. Beanie coins. Oh, Kai Car, yeah. He's uh, the token generator guy. I've actually had like, I've had to use like three 20-sided dies. So sign one of those goblins, send him to the P.O. box, and uh, maybe Goblin Tim will slip tokens. one in his deck. <laughs> we got, I saw, I saw uh, a couple people playing chess today, and I was like, y'all got to play Magic the Gathering. Because there's more spice to it. It's like chess, turn-based strategy game, but it's also like poker. Not knowing poker. what your opponent has is cool. Yeah, like you're trying to guess what cards they might be using based on the actions they're taking. Yeah. It's like chess and poker combined. Good game. And, and plus that new neon Japanese set came out. Oh. Yeah, Kamigawa. Oh, it's I think a new it Kamigawa set. Yeah, and it's like digital future neon something wow. or other. Card games are fun. Oh, I should yeah. I should make some more decks. Just don't have time. All right. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. once again says, Ian, sir, as someone who has done time and someone who has served in our beloved Marine Corps, I'll gladly get arrested for the freedom of our people. Okay. Um, for the freedom, that's, that's very vague, though. You'd be, you know, planning is every, is almost everything right now. Uh, organization and planning is a big part of them. And then the, the action comes after the organization and the planning is done. Howard, with a great super chat, thank you for the super chat, says, first they came for roller 20. It was not me. Then they came for roller 15, not me. Then they came for 10, not me. Then they came for roller one Ian. Then I said I should have honked. Huh. Yeah. Roll initiative. 
words. <laughs> Wise words. Caligula, uh, what does it say? Caligula says, Ian, in the words of George Carlin, white collar, blue, clo- blue collar, it doesn't matter what color shirt you have on, the elites are screwing all of us. Yes. Or basically, uh, as George Carlin would say, it's a big club and you ain't in you it. Ain't it. <laughs> yep. That's my favorite quote of all time. Brian Wisecarver says, I emailed spintheufo at Gmail. I haven't heard back from you guys, but I'm still recording and documenting everything while volunteering with the People's Convoy. Let me know if you guys have any questions about it or want any firsthand information. Yeah, so what I did with that was forward it on to Chris Carr, who is our editor-in-chief, I think. Yeah. There you go. So he's got that information now, and I can send him anything more that you send to me. And we are coordinating coverage, but we're, we got to figure it out. It's, yeah. it's, not, you know, it's not super easy. There's a lot of conflicting information, so we're, we're trying to figure it out. All right. What do we got? Casual Gamer says, Hi, Tim. I'm a meat wrapper with Safeway. The company gave us hazard pay at the beginning of COVID, stopped six months later, and now giving it to uh, uh, giving it to us as back pay for the past six weeks. $5 an hour extra. That's cool. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're unionized. Safeway. I like that. Hmm. Yeah. Workers first all day. Yeah. Right on. All right. Let's grab some super chats here. Let's find a good one. Do, do, do. Sean Hirschbock says, Boek, Tim, I love when you have documentarians on. Any chance you can have Ami Horwitz on the show? I would love to have Ami Horwitz, Horwitz on the show. Yeah. Uh, have we ever reached out to him? I don't think so. We should. Ami's, Ami's great. great. Ami's, yeah. Ami's cool. He's fine. You know, Richie, Richie's over here like, McGinnis. I got his digits, man. Yeah. I'll call him right now. <laughs> Richie hiding in the background. Got his digits. This, this guy. I knew that Richie was here because um, the skate park mm-hmm. is directly beneath where I, where like my like work uh, office and everything is, and then all of a sudden I I hear banging and oh like someone <laughs> fell and I was like oh yeah Richie and Andy but, are but, ripping it today. To be fair, I then heard ah yeah. and I was like okay Richie's yeah. Richie's here he's downstairs. Yeah, he did. I think that's Richie within like two minutes was like, "You guys ready to skate?" Yeah, yeah. he was ready. Oh, there's some solid video, yeah. Richie tearing it up on his Twitter right now. Yeah, yeah Richie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, Richie was killing it. Today. Man, you should have got here early so we could have you launch off the uh, into the six foot yeah, airbag. You can come by, six come by the weekend. We'll get set up. Nice we, we've got a couple some smaller ones coming too, so you can launch really high into smaller airbags. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, Andy did a front flip today. It was cool. Amazing. Yeah. Let Charles says, Ian, if people don't want to be annoyed by protests, maybe they shouldn't live downtown of the country's capital. Still love you, or do I love hating you? Probably both. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a mixed, mixed relationship with you. Toxic. It's like a, scratching an itch. You know, hey, it feels good, but you don't want to do it too much. That's true. <laughs> that's there, there, exactly there is a point. True. Put some water on it. It'll I stop itching exactly, after about 20 seconds. Feeling. Could you imagine, Ian? Like, you know how many protests are in D.C., right? Uh, no, actually, no. Like a yearly, I don't have any idea. It's, it's like Five hundred, I don't know. Yeah. There are some, there are some prominent ones. Like if you drive by downtown, uh, downtown uh, Capitol area, outside the Washington, outside the White House, there are like six who never move. Period. There's this guy who has this, the the planet sign, uh, the Earth in his sign, and he just holds that all day, all night long. Now I was gonna say too, son. There's like you know there could be random days in DC where like you're driving to work and you'll be stopped by like six climate protesters. <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah, if you if you live in your nation's capital, you are surrounded yeah. by protests nonstop. Always. I wish they knew that making an, an internet video channel is the best form of protest because you're going to reach magnitudes more people than standing outside and holding a sign. Yeah, Rumble is where it's at. So we're we're talking about you know how we're going to expand and like what the plans are. And, you know, until we get pop culture crisis, Cast Castle and Inverted World, like, more sustainable, we're not going to be launching. We're not just going to start launching off crazy shows until we get work done on these. So make sure you subscribe 
to Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. Follow uh, Brett Dasovic, who hosts the show, as well as Miracle yes. and everybody else on the show. But um, we're, if we do anything else moving forward, it's probably going to be on Rumble. So some some stuff will will be on YouTube for sure. But if we're like we're, we're thinking about doing live gaming, not we're, it's going to be on Rumble. Right. Yeah, because Twitch is too risky. You someone asks you a question, you passively are playing. You know, I'm playing Forbidden West right now, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I love this game. Uh, Zero Dawn was fantastic. And and you're you're playing, and someone asks you a question while you're playing, and then all of a sudden you're banned. Screw no, that. No. Just do it on Rumble, man. Rumble's where it's at. Man, you know what? I should probably just stream it because I play for like an hour every day. You should, yeah. And on Twitch, I mean, while gaming, people say out of pocket shit all the time. And yeah. on Twitch, you might just get, you know, yanked for like no good reason. Yeah, they 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 temporarily banned Destiny because he said Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself. Yeah, it was That's like someone insane. asked him a question and he said it, and then they, yeah, Twitch is nuts. It's Amazon. What do you expect? Yeah, I miss the old days when I was like 13, 14 on the Call of Duty. And I mean, anything to fly. Yeah. You would hear all things about your yeah. mama on yeah. those, on those chats. about your mother. Yeah, yeah. You learned about your mom on those chats. <laughs> Matthew Gill says, Tim, Tim's cat shall now be known as Buckets. Buckets? Buckets. Oh. Because the O is gendered. So Buckets. Oh, right. Got right. it. All right. Simulated Dave says, saw some We Are Change and free Hong Kong merch out at Atalanto today. So oh, encouraging cool. to see Timcast reaches the hellscape that is Cali. Follow Viewfound Media and IG. Timcast inspires me to make new content. Hey, man, glad to hear it. Amazing. It's always cool when I see people wearing the shirts because we have we have a shirt um, at Timcast.com called Join the Cult. Yeah. But it says Join the City Urban Liberal Types, but C-U-L-T is in red. And then it's, uh, it's uh, Kent, our animator's version of the meme where the two guys are like doing the soy mouth and pointing behind them. Oh, yeah. That's and then it's like I the city's being destroyed by aliens and Godzilla, and they're like, oh, and it says join the cult. I think it's a funny shirt. But uh, yeah, people have been buying it. We never did like a, a strong promotion for that shirt. We just put this stuff up. That's fun, yeah. And people are buying it, so that's really cool. Appreciate you guys buying the shirts. Love it. All right. We got this one here from uh, Anno. I think Ian had too much sugar today because you are just rolling fives way too much, bro. Oh, really? Yeah, but five is actually better than people are saying one. It depends on what your bonus is. A one is an automatic failure. A five, if you get a plus 19 to your roll, is a 24. So you can get a lot accomplished with good bonuses. High stats. Yeah, yeah. And um, I do think it's really funny that one and 20 basically mean agree or disagree now. It's so polarized. I love that it's like we're creating this <laughs> polarized system for well, people. Well, no, we're like people didn't use to say very simply, I agree with what's said or disagree. So now if like someone says something on the show, you'll get 300 ones or 20s. We, as we like, might have high, cracked the culture code here. I think how we, to do instant polling. I think yeah. we broke through with the through. critical 20s and failures. Yeah, we did, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we got some It's happening in the amygdala. Oh, here we go. <laughs> David Troutman says, I hear you're having trouble buying electric guitars. I build them. How about I build one for the show? Love your work. Keep up the good fight, Tim. I'll email you if you're interested. Yeah, we were, I was actually looking at some, um, some uh individuals who who craft guitars because I was thinking like maybe we get a like a Timcast unique signature guitar that we would you know use for shows or maybe like two of them. So Timcaster? What Timcaster? Yeah. Well what's the oh, is the Telex is Telecaster like name. proprietary? Timcaster. I think Tim we can say Timcaster. Call it the Timcaster. I think we could. Uh, should That's I not have said that out idea. loud? Yeah, do it immediately. Timcaster. Somebody lock that in. That's great. Everyone's posting twenties now. Okay. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, David, email spin the UFO at gmail.com, David Troutman. And, uh, let's get a guitar built. Let's make it fancy. Can we, can we get it made out of like some like ancient wood from, you know, a, a an old temple? dragon bone? Yeah. Dragon bone. <laughs> Whoa, that's cool. Aluminum. 
like made pe- of like petrified wood, petrified or, milk cartons from a meteorite. Yeah, put like an amber gem in the neck or something if you can. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Do Dasher says, Tim, what do you think about Beanie Coin? Credits to the chat. Um, I don't think I don't think we'll be doing. I said Tim Pine, yeah. We were talking we earlier are. on a meeting with the ONF, the uh, our charity, Open Network Foundation, talking about creating crypto and whether or not it would be better to use one that's already been created. Mines token. The mines token. Yep. Or like an array of tokens that have already been created. Because creating one brings in SS, SEC regulations, and then it's almost like it's another business completely. Correct. So I think with uh, the ON Foundation, you know, for those that aren't familiar, the goal is to make uncensorable networking technology. So you can have your own member website like Locals or Patreon, but it would also network with other sites. No one would have the ability to ban anyone else. You would have the ability to ban someone from your site. So like if 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 you're on an unfettered network, so let's say you go to Ian's website, there will be a portion of it where you can see other people's networking through his site. Like you'll see his posts on your site. People can see your posts on his site, depending on what, what like the kind of server the system they're using. So it's basically decentralized social media tech. But Ian could be like, on my website, I don't want to ever have Tim's content come up and could like lock you out. That's how the Fediverse works. So that's that's our plan there. I think Mines Token works because they're already an established social network with a crypto that's valuable. It's like, what, $3, 2 to $3? Yeah, yeah, it fluctuates somewhere 1.5 to 4, I've seen it at. But, it's, but uh, first of all, uh, you know, I know Bill, uh, the, the CEO, Ian, you were involved. He's like my, the, my you, brother. I mean, I love the guy. You were one of the I've co-founders of Mines. Over a decade, yeah. So we, we and, and I trust him. That's why it's important. But if we can integrate with an existing network, I think that's what will make this software work. Because if we were just to launch, like, here's a thing that works, some people might use it. If it's to integrate with a website that already has, like, a couple million users, I think. You know, how many, how many millions? Yeah, I don't, several, four million a day four. or something. Yeah, I don't know the Then number. people are going to start adopting our software. It's beneficial to the mines ecosystem because that grows. And it creates a large node with a bunch of smaller nodes. Hopefully we can, we can, we can make something like that grow so that, um, you know, Facebook, we got to build a cultural hub of decentralized social media. So yeah, no this is something which people are not talking about enough, like content creation on like the blockchain, for example, like the Web3, which people are like throwing around, like people creating like untethered content and the entire base of it is like the blockchain. I wonder if we'll go into this on the after show. I know you mentioned child sweatshops in, in, the, metaverse. in the metaverse. Yeah, yeah. 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 talking about blockchain content, which can never be erased. No, no it's grooming in the metaverse, dude. It's oh. dark. Stuff. So there's there's bonuses to having your stuff on a blockchain because it can't be deleted. But then the downside is it can't be deleted. So correct. All right, Sargon of Assyria says, "Would you have Billy Corgan on?" Yes, in a heartbeat. I'm a big fan of the Smashing Pumpkins. I met Billy Corgan, and it was like a totally amazing experience because um, a, f- a friend of mine was friends with one of his uh, exes, and we went to one of his shows. I'll give you the short version. I walked in. And he was signing posters. I got there late and I saw him I'm like, oh, so cool. Like Billy Corgan, man, he's rad. And then we watched this, uh, this like, um, music video movie for his music. And then after we left, you know, my friend is like, Hey, I'm going to talk to my friend who is Billy's ex. Do you want to meet him? And when I walked up, the first thing that Billy says to me, uh, uh, he goes, Hey, you're Tim Pool. And I was like, wow. What year was that? This was a couple years ago. Dude, I, I was a little kid growing up listening to Smashing Pumpkins and playing those songs in my cover band. Yesterday, or no, tomorrow. I called it yesterday. That's funny. It's today. Crazy. Today. It's called, and I was like, call it tomorrow. Like, it's called today. He was today, super cool. Today, today is oh, one of the cool. best songs. That's a great feeling. He, it was yeah. super, he's a super cool dude, and he signed a poster for me. And he was like, he's like, yeah, I, I like, I like your work. And I'm like, dude, I said to him, I was like, you have any idea how crazy it is? Like, I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I think I was like 34 or whatever at the time, or 33. I was like, dude, you're Billy Corgan. I grew up listening to your music, and I come up to you, and you're like, hey, you're Tim Pool. I'm like, 
It's mind-blowingly awesome, dude. I, I appreciate it. So Siamese much. Dream was so epic because it was almost like an orchestrative piece with like with like high strings, and then it's just but it's like a rock album too. It's like a dirty rock album. He did a really good job at putting that together. Whoever I don't know if they produced it themselves, but dude, love Smash Practice back when I was in middle school. Did Blink One Eighty Two, Nirvana? Yeah, yeah. Did oh, I was a big fan of Nirvana back. Oh, those those um, golden days. Plus, being from Chicago, that line in the song "The City by the Lake," I was like, "Yeah, Chicago, man! Like that's us. We live there, and this song's so big." But it was cool because the song was like uh, epic, orchestral, you know, tonight, tonight. tonight. So that for me, I was listening to that, and I was like, "Wow, yeah, Yeah, good stuff." Not to mention 1979, Zero, just so much good music, man. I love I love uh, Ava Door. I, I awesome Billy actually dude. was on Rogan. It's that's a good interview. If you guys haven't seen that mm-hmm. yet, check out that one. Didn't he say that he saw aliens once? <laughs> he's he's tapped it, tuned in. Yeah. No. What, what's the um? Oh man, I forgot. It was the dude from Blink One Eighty Two that was on Rogan. He was like, Oh Tom. Yeah. Oh, Tom DeLong. Yeah. He was all into the aliens. He was saying how the how the U.S. congressman invited yeah. him to D.C. Yep. I'm like, uh, what's he's his, always something been. to the stars yeah. to yeah. the stars yeah, academy. Yeah, yeah. yeah has, has always been big on UFOs. They, they have a song about on Enema of, of the State. Yeah. Old song. Yeah. Silly, silly band and fart jokes all the way, but you know, <laughs> to the stars. The song's academy. called Alien. Is it's called Aliens Exist? I we used to play. He'd be a good guest. Tom. That'd be that'd be great. Uh, yeah, that'd be super cool. Talk yeah, about aliens. Yeah. I mean, look, if we could get people like Morgan and Tom DeLong, I'd be Smoking. oh for sure. Yes, those exactly. are the good days. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that'd be so fun. Yeah. You jam with him. Yeah, great band. All right, everybody. If you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel. We're gonna get ready to uh, start recording that members only segment talking about really nightmarish things, grooming in the metaverse, and you you want to check this out because it's dark stuff. And we could use your support by being a member. You help keep our journalists employed. You help make this show possible. And we love you so much for, for, for the support. We really do appreciate it. So again, smash the like button. You can follow us at Timcast IRL on Instagram or wherever else. You can follow me at Timcast, basically wherever. Do you guys, uh, want to shout out anything? Yeah. Um, big thing right now, guys, is please, please check out the Hero to Zero documentary that we just released. Um, the link is also going to be in the description. So it's, it's hero to zero doc.com. Please check out the documentary. Share it. With anyone you can just to get the story out regarding the first responders and everything that they've been going through, help us combat the Cobra media. Also, um, check out our very first documentary me and Sonic produced is the Cartelville USA. Cartel, that one is carteldoc.com into the, um, illegal marijuana operations involving drug cartels, human smuggling in California. So please check it out. Um, uh, my personal social media on Twitter is, is really easy. So it's my last name, Ventura, with the, with the word report. So Ventura report, either on Instagram, it's Jorge Ventura, uh, TV. Follow us. So like that, you guys get all the updates on all the news that we're working on, um, all the stories that we're, we're, we're going to be working on. So if, uh, right now we're going to be following the Freedom Convoy, the truckers. Um, then Sonic, me, me and Sonic pretty soon go up actually to North, Northern California, Shasta County, and going to be looking at their illegal marijuana operations and their drug cartel, uh, involvement. On it. Same thing, yeah. Document uh, the documentaries which we make. We put like two months put effort into it, so it's really helpful if you guys check that out. And my personal handle is underscore s a g n i k b a s u on Twitter. It's awesome to see you guys. Awesome, really great to see you again. And thanks for coming. If you guys want to check out a show that Jorge did with us, uh, where we talked about the cartels, it was really powerful mm-hmm. from uh, I don't know five six months ago or yeah. something like that. It's here on this channel, so check that out. I'm Ian Crossland, and uh, check me out at iancrossland.net if you want to get in touch. I'll see you later. And I'm also here in the corner. I pushed all the buttons on the show, and I have to say, I got to thank Richie for this <laughs> yeah. amazing beer. Richie always brings me beer. This beer looks like um, Sour Patch Kids. 
and I thought it was beautiful and oh it is God. delicious. So thank you very <laughs> That's much. That's why you got <laughs> it. Your thinking. I really appreciate it. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at SourPatches and also on Minds.com. We will see everybody over at TimCast.com around 11 or so p.m. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys.